This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylock. And we're just two guys with no other choice now but to creep our way through that Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're hitting episode 200, RJ. Huh? And as we've done before, we take a break from our regularly scheduled creep and delve instead into the Criterion Laserdisc Collection. And, uh, well, we're going to head to America and join the opera as we watch Spine 31 in the Laserdisc collection, Sam Woods at Night at the Opera from 1935. But mm. first, mm. RJ, Whoa. This, this this nice sunny weather, It's uh, I'm not a fan. Why not, Jer? Well, it, I burn like a vampire. Are you an indoor kid, or, like, what's the deal here? Well, uh, my genetic disposition is... Uh, Fair skinned, and it does not take mm. kindly to the the harsh sun. And uh, instead of like you know, you know, turning a, a nice pleasant like baked color, it's just red. It's just burned. I mean, if you do that enough, maybe you will get tanner. I yeah, or just redder. Get like get some cancers. Get some uh, skin infection. Lots of unpleasant showers mm. as water well, just trickles down my body and just just want to jump out, and run away, never bathe again. Which well, I, which you... is something which seems to be something out of your playbook. Hey, I I shower every single day. I shower. I shampoo. I Allegedly. even shampoo my armpits. Allegedly, and you can't look into that i shower every day i'm just not putting that aluminum cancer-filled deodorant into my armpits every day when i got no place to go you know what i'm saying Jarrett? but uh i mean your skin thing sounds um it sounds like you just gotta zinc up your zipper or your sniffer or your whatever zinc up your body and then maybe you won't burn zinc it up so zinc's fine aluminum (laughs) no way well i mean we have aluminium And stuff like that. So, look that up. Google it. Zinc in brain, aluminium. No way. Not a chance, friend. No. Do you remember in uh, Smoking Aces uh, that character played by Canadian icon Ryan Reynolds? He doesn't wear deodorant for the aluminium. Says so it's bad for you. And uh, hmm. I took it personally. You see? So you're you're learning things from uh, screenwriters, huh? Absolutely. I mean, Smoke and Ace, is, uh, that's a Criterion Collection film, isn't it? It's not yet. Oh. Well, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe you just need to be like one of those weirdos who like wears long sleeves, uh, gloves, like a big bucket hat to cover a, lot, a wide area for shade. And like, you'd be really sweaty because you'd be so hot. But then I guess you wouldn't be as, you wouldn't have direct sunlight, right? I, or I just never, never leave the basement ever again. I mean, that's a great thing, but uh, never leave I mean, my it, crypt. It depends because sometimes people in your lives will drag you outside. Like, uh, like my wife wants to leave. It's like we've been locked up for four months, and I'm like, come on, come on. It's like this child's play. I got thirty years locked up in a basement. <laughs> what do you want, girl? Uh, so hey, we uh, we turned two hundred. Two hundo. Do you remember how underwhelming our 100th episode I, I, was? I went back and was like, what did we do for the 100th episode? And Nothing. I think even in the notes I wrote, low-key, low-key episode 100. And it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's like, you know, in a couple months, it's going to be our, our four-year anniversary. Which one's more important to you? Neither. <laughs> every, <laughs> hey, every week is a gift. 
to wow. you, the fans. That, what what a great answer. And what a sacrifice it is. This, uh, this, yeah. this spiritual sacrifice. Spiritual, that we, that, that emotional. The time for you, <laughs> the fans, that we love so dearly. Well, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. We have no only, monetary. Only, only fans. Only fan. Well, once our only fans get started, and I'm willing to take uh, suggestions, um, and like, so my wife Andrea, she's concerned about me, right? But she also is like, hey, maybe we can make an extra buck off of this. So like, uh, if I'm, if I started an only fans, and it was like a, a shot of me on the couch in my regular day, so uh, that would entail some TNG. I might go on my laptop for a while. Uh, I'd probably eat some food. Um, you know, if I had an OnlyFans like that, would people subscribe? Email in if you would subscribe. Mm-hmm. The subscription would be 50 bucks an hour. Is that how it works on OnlyFans? No, but you you, you set the uh, the rates and the fans will either turn out or they'll tur- turn tune out. Turn tune out? Yeah. Well, I, I definitely would be into some kind of feederism because that's what I'm doing anyways. Ah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I, and maybe for the real creeps out there, we can arrange if they pay the right price, you can deliver a pizza to me and you say, uh, I got a pizza, extra sausage uh, for a, a leather daddy. Um, but it wouldn't escalate into porn. I would just invite you and we'd eat the pizza together. Would you be okay with knowing that people are probably pleasuring themselves to this? I mean, I think it's fine. Can you because... extrapolate that next step? Uh, I wouldn't wish it on anyone else, uh, but for me, it's like, what else do I have? Exactly. So that's a good uh, intro for 200th episode, I suppose. It's a living. It's it's a living. Who said that? Was that a Looney Tune? Uh, yeah. Okay. That, that, that's a Looney Tune line. It's a living. It's a living. Uh, I'm sure it's a reference to someone else, some stand-up here or there. Ah, I see. Yeah, but, you know, I mean... Maybe we're not doing anything special for 200, but, you know, just like, what was it, three days ago, we recorded the longest episode of anything we've ever done in history. And then we're not only that, we're then informed that who the fuck's Roger Corman anyway? And it's like, <laughs> holy fuck, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, that one, uh, that one stung a little bit um, because, I mean, even though I had never seen a Roger Corman directed film, I, I was aware of who he was. So, uh yeah, the uh, floodgate opened, and it was just like, we don't know who this is. Why would you dedicate four and a half hours to this? No, and and, and it's not just four and a half hours. We That's also watched we watched like fifty movies between the two of us each, uh, yeah. watching committed to this man that no one even knows. Well, maybe that's the problem. Apparently, Jared. apparently, no one knows. Only, well, at least a subset of real, real cinematic fans. Ah, I see. I see. Well, you know, cinema has a broad array. It's a spectrum, Jared. It's 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 definitely on a spectrum. We exist in a spectrum. So, uh, yeah, just, I mean, just like the, the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, yeah. Which which color of the Green Lanterns would you be? I I imagine you'd be yellow or red. Uh, oh, I was going to say red because I am filled with a lot of like rage and blood pouring out of my eyes and mouth at all times. Are, is, are those the only orifices that they pour out of? No. Uh, remember that Simpsons, the chili cook-off, when uh, Dr. Hibbert's like, by all medical logic, steam should be shooting out of his ears. And Krusty's like, his ears if we're lucky. 
Classic. 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 What were we talking about? Spectrums? Start talking about Roger Corman. Oh, yeah. Um, well, maybe that's part of what we were doing, Jared. Maybe it's an awareness thing. Because Bruce Dern thinks that he doesn't understand why Roger Corman wasn't uh, a Spielberg-level uh, influencer, as the kids call him now. So, uh, I mean, if Bruce Dern says it, it's got to be right, right? Yeah, exactly. Bruce Dern's hip with kids, right? <laughs> he's he's People love that Nebraska I watched that movie. I thought it was okay. It's got yeah. your buddy Will Forte in it. He's 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 a good dude. He is a good dude. Unlike another guy I know. <laughs> but yeah, so that was uh, the longest episode ever. And uh, it was in the middle of what we are now uh, <laughs> calling the darkest timeline. So, hey, you know what? You maybe just as a, an, an aside, but you know what? Not... This this might even be the beginning of the of the darkest. Of the darkest? Yeah, we, we might we is... only be at the like the tip of it, RJ. It might not I, even like believe... seeing it's the middle. I mean, whoa, whoa s- slow down. I should have rephrased as in the midst. Mm, there we go of the beginning, perhaps. But because uh, I was gonna, we never really talked about it. I mean, but we there's no need to. But uh, you know. A lot of stuff's going on, Jer, and, you know, a lot of podcasts are canceling and things like that. But, you know, maybe this is what's helping people out, keeping them going, people who are caught up in such things. So uh, if uh, if that's something that's happening, then maybe we'll, we'll just power through, right, Jer? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yesterday, uh, during <clears throat> Blackout Tuesday, uh, Taco Time in Canada, <laughs> all... all uh, blacked out their profile picture or posted like a black block and uh i'm pretty sure they were still selling burritos all all day long (laughs) you i I saw the link that they were blacked out and then i saw the arrow of the like when the picture and i was like oh is there more to this like is the next picture like a a foundation or an organization that you can donate to or something but it was just it was an advertisement for um uh burrito thursdays yeah see so there are yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we know that Tuesday is a write-off. That's all right. They're like, but don't you fuckers miss Burrito Thursday because we got some big things planned. <laughs> yep. Anyways, I, I was just saying we we don't need to discuss it too much, but uh, you know maybe this is a uh, maybe this is helping people out. So yeah, well you know what, or maybe and, not. If, and if you're too busy because you're uh, breaking br- breaking curfew and uh, uh-huh. you know causing a ruckus. Keep on mm-hmm. keeping on. <laughs> do whatever <laughs> do whatever feels right, yeah, right there. You you have my support. Yeah, we're here for you, man. Email in and let us know how we can help. Uh, if you need a four and a half hour retrospective on Roger Corman, no problem. We got gotcha. you. And uh maybe uh you got if you got that uh, subscription to the Criterion channel, maybe uh throw on that do the right thing if you haven't seen it already. Sure, sure. And hopefully uh, The Intruder will be added soon and then people can watch that too. I think it would make a great double header. You watch The Intruder first and then do the right thing. No. Yeah, watch some of those Spike Spike Jones movies, Spike Jones, Spike Lee Spike movies. Jones. You can watch Spike Jones too. Yeah, I watch feel. Spike Jones. I mean, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Life yeah, life affirming adaptation and then sure. and then you can throw on I don't know Black Klansman and go, "Hey, I I, I think the president's a white supremacist." And uh you're like, "Wait a minute." Could just go from there. You go, "Oh yeah." I think I think that's a great idea, Jared. The only thing I would recommend is be careful when you watch Jungle Fever 
because that <laughs> movie is wild. So uh, make sure you're in the right mindset for it because it's I'm still thinking about Jungle Fever, man. That ending is something else. <laughs> something else. Well, in, yeah. pos- in positive news. Sure. They did it, RJ. Who? They, they the fans of Creepdom. Oh, oh no. They, they broke the barrier. Barely. Oh. Barely. When you say barely, are we talking like, is this a semantics thing? Is this a numbers game? They hit we- 10. They hit 10. Is this a real 10? This is a real 10. We didn't get someone that just messaged. No, uh, no, one, no one juked the stats. It's legit. I, 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 I double checked. I mean. I I don't believe it. But I mean, as the darkest timeline, I guess it's only fitting. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, okay. Um, so what happens now? Well, I mean, so as I don't know, Arj, first you have to open your email. So you, first you have to like, I'm assuming you have a username and then you, then you, you log in with a password. Okay. And, uh, you, you should see uh, some names, some unfamiliar names in the format. You're like, what is this? Ooh, I, I see all sorts of personal information here. Email addresses, mm-hmm. uh, VPNs. Someone put their social insurance in here. What the hell? No. Bad call. Frendo. Okay. Uh, well, RJ, yeah. Uh, yeah. you can uh, take it away. Take the, it away? RJ's inaugural reading of the mailbag. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, this is what the fans wanted, right? RJ, even... are there yeah. any females? Females? Um, not that I can see, but I, I don't assume people's, uh, you know, so not on my end. Well, I have a few emails here. Okay. What, what, what's the protocol here? Jared? Well, you, you start with the most, the last, or starting with the most recent, the first. The um, first? Yeah. Who who sent in first? So. Yeah, well, this email was sent from Thursday, May twenty eighth of twenty twenty at uh, twelve fifty p.m. Is wow. that the level of detail that is? No, no, you don't. But, need, you don't need to go that far. Well, it's good to know. So, though. Who who wrote who who wrote to us? Okay, so we have uh, an email from a Mr. or Mrs. or they. We have an email from a Carter Ludwig, uh, which I believe is a letterboxed follower of ours. Yes. Has, has this individual emailed in before, Jarrett? I don't think so, right? They might have. Maybe. So we got Carter Ludwig van Beethoven in here with a uh, subject header called Creeps Question about Ebert. They have not, actually, it looks like. Well, there you go. This is, a, this I, I'm is the first time. The name. Yes. So uh, first time, long time, Carter Lugwood uh, von Beethoven here. Uh, they begin with, hey, Jarrett and RJ. Hopefully this is one of the 10 emails uh, you received this week. So RJ will be reading this email. <laughs> wow. Well, Carter, <laughs> I wish I wasn't. I wish I wasn't, bud, but uh, here we go. It's episode I- 200, RJ. Anything can happen. Whoa. We might get Roger Corman himself on later or a special Canadian guest. Who could that be? Time will tell. Uh, Continuing. um, I was listening to an episode the other day, and uh, Jarrett, you, mentioned that Ebert got things wrong consistently in his reviews. Like factual stuff, not opinions. Uh, Even though he did have some really bad opinions on really bad and really great movies... Spoilers for The Last Picture Show, but I read his review the other day, and Ebert wrote about each character's future after the events of the film. 
He talks about Billy's future, even though everyone who has seen the movie knows that he dies at the end. It's a moment that sticks out and is somewhat out of place. So I'm surprised Ebert made the error. Can you think of any other blatant errors he has made in his reviews, Jarrett Duncan? Uh, not off the top of my head. I did see this oh. earlier in the week, and I was like, yeah, he, mm. he does make these, like, he misremembers things. And I feel like a lot of that is the way that film critics were watching movies in these periods of time. And I'm not sure if this, this uh, particular thing about Last Picture Show is from his great movies, when he could mm. have just watched it again on DVD or... And his probably his editors don't watch these movies and they just take his word for it because he's the one who just saw these movies and then he just like completely glosses over it. I don't know. He mm-hmm. he make every once in a while though, in the particularly these criterion movies, you like go back and read and go, What is he talking about? That never happened and you're just like, huh and you read the comments, nobody makes any mention of it and just slides on by. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a that's a pretty uh that's a big blown spot there. So that'd be like That'd be like if he was like, so anyways, you know, Jurassic Park, when he had all the dolphins, and they'd be like, what, Roger? Talking about, bud. Uh, Continuing, Jared. Also, oh, but uh, by the way, before I continue, uh, Roger Ebert just had bad opinions on stuff, too. So, Uh, Also, since you both enjoyed scenes from a marriage, you should check out From the Life of the Marionettes on the Criterion channel. It is a hand quote sequel to s fam that's a scenes from a marriage for a for the people in the no chair as it follows eagerman uh the eagerman couple bergman made it during his exile in germany and i think it's uh, much more interesting than saraband and better thanks for making the commute to work easier for me this past year Keep on creeping, Carter Ludwig. Well, thank you, Carter. Nice to hear hear from you. Ah, Uh, Yeah, I I don't know if I just totally slept on the From the Life of the Marionettes uh, connection. I guess I'd seen something mentioning that the other couple that and then i was like reading uh-huh. the, the plot of this movie and i'm like what the hell <laughs> like mm-hmm. is this like bergman's weird exile period and he was just like making uh movies about killing prostitutes it's like Oof. or something like that like i'm like what what is what is this movie about that sounds cool i guess if you're into that kind of thing you know what else sounds cool the big 200 should i keep going Jared, no no i'll we, okay. we, we can go back and forth okay Whatever, whatever I'm just reading about want. this. Yeah, he went into tax exile because he had to flee Sweden for not paying taxes. Oh, yeah. And no, he literally, it cul- <laughs> spoilers, it culminates in Peter's murder of a prostitute. <laughs> like, whoa. Oh, wow. This is, uh, what, what's going on, so wait, Bergs? It's the, it's the actual character from Scenes of a Mar- Marriage and he murders a prostitute? Yeah, it's, it's the other couple from the first episode. Oh, man, I didn't know that that existed. That yeah. sounds wicked. Yeah, I didn't know either. Well, we, if only we had Carter Lugwood here to help uh, us out. If only we had done an iota it, of research and preparation. I, <laughs> I knew Saraband. I had Saraband. Yeah. And that turned well, out we, to be not really worth that, worth my time. No. <laughs> well, maybe if uh, that movie's in the collection proper, Carter Lugwood can, um, uh, he can do the Patreon and uh, come on for that episode. Yeah, 10 years from now. Yes, 10 years from now. But yeah. I hate 10 years is better than no years, Jared. All right. 
I got our yeah. next email. Two okay. hundredth episode from Mr. Reese Hachstor. Ooh, that big sugary bastard. What's he up to now? Hi there, Virginia Duncan and Barbecue Loaf. Just wanted to formally congratulate you two on your 200th episode. You guys rule, and this has quickly become my favorite Star Trek companion podcast. (laughs) Keep up the great work. Uh, I'm I'm glad to hear it because, you know, I I was going to give up because I was like, I don't know if anyone's interested in this. Uh, But hearing from uh, Mr. Reese Axtell there, uh, if he likes it, I'm going to keep doing it, Jer. I'm going to keep giving you minute by minute updates. I, I love the Trek recap. I know you do, but you're a huge nerd. Right. Well, that's the, that's the only opinion that matters. Yours? Yeah. Or nerd nerdly opinions? Aren't they the same? Well, I mean, it's nice to hear that uh, he enjoys it. So uh, always good to hear from uh, our our friends around the world, right, Jer? In last week's episode, you asked oh. what kind of a mask I plan to use to ride out the pandemic. Well, mm. I think the choice is clear. I would wear the mask from The Mask, 1994, starring Jim Carrey. Wow. Talk about an artisanal <laughs> piece of film craft. Mm. In all seriousness, you big Very. ride boys are a constant <laughs> uplifting force in a weird and wild world. So keep nice. on keeping on. I'm looking forward to the next 200 episodes. Sincerely, Oof. that great big sugary bastard. Nice. See, he, he's hitting those high notes, man. He's paying attention, Jarrett. He's paying attention. He's a big ride boy. He's a big sugary bastard. I'm uh I think the mask would be a great mask for uh the show. And I, I would ask him, I don't know about you, Jared, but did you ever read the comic book The Mask? Because didn't it get a little wacky? Yeah, it's a very violent comic. The, yeah, uh, the original uh, John Arcudi, uh, John Mankey uh mm-hmm. comics. I, I remember as a kid, like absolutely like being like, there's a comic. And then I found like because at the time, I think like The Mask Returns had come out as a miniseries mm-hmm. from Dark Horse, but you could never find a like. I found the first, I found all four of them, but I could never find The Mask like by itself. Yeah. It just didn't seem to exist. But I've since mm. rectified that. Uh, they re- released it in its own omnibus, and then read them, and they're okay. Uh, I think John Arcudi would go on to do better things, like writing BPRD, uh, the, ah. the the best superhero team book ever. For those who give a fuck about that kind of thing. What about uh, DBZ? That's not a team book. That's Superman. Oh. How silly of he's me. Got, he's, got, he's got friends. It's like Superman's got Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane. It's not mm. a team book, RJ. That's right. Well, where's the uh, spinoff uh, team book that could have spawned from DBZ? I don't know. What's that? What's that? Um, what's what's this follow-up to that? Just now there's Dragon Ball Super. Super. That's going yeah. right now, huh? But weird. I, I, uh, it's, it seems a little after the fact, you know. And I don't think well, I, I don't think Toriyama's drawing those either, or is he? Not. I don't doubt I don't it. Know. You would know better than anyone else. Brutal. You work in a comic book store. Yeah. How do you like? Do you like Naruto, RJ? Uh, the bit of it that I've read, yeah. Cool. I think I read the first like three books or something like that. I think I've read the first half online. Yeah, on whatever uh, whatever the illicit site was with all the all those mangas that you could just read for free, um, and I read like I, I read like yeah. th- thousands of pages of it, and then I stopped like right at the halfway point, and I haven't gone yep. back. It's good, it's good, was, good, good action kids comics. Yeah, that was like me too. I had the it was like ma- uh, manga rock or something, and it was just all free. Yeah, and uh, I think I blew through Full Metal Alchemist and cool 
half of Naruto. One time I said Naruto in front in front of a bunch of junior high kids, and they all laughed at me. They're like, "You don't say it right, you idiot." Naruto. Like, Naruto. You kids uh, reading that Naruto? Um. Anyways, yeah, the mask is cool, and uh, yeah, uh, I I'd like to see when uh, Reese Hacks Hackstall likes to be a big ride boy and uh, join the show one day. Yeah, Reese. And by the way, you got you got some comics to pick up. <laughs> so you're uh you're uh showing how the sausage is made Jarrett. you're giving a, a scene behind the looking glass that's wizard of odds stuff right there hey rj you got some comics to pick up hey why don't you shut up why don't you blow it out your ass Jarrett? <laughs> i don't have any money okay fucking deadbeat i don't have any money okay who's next uh we got the big ride boy himself oliver granger king, with an email king ride boy king ride boy that's right uh the one true creeps fan since uh, episode seven i believe or whatever it was doesn't matter uh he sent an email at 3 17 p.m on a day titled <laughs> the big 200 it's the big 200 i don't know why i said hundo see this is what happens when people want me to reach it uh congrats dudes don't give up four more years four more years uh does it do you think we give off the vibe that we are unhappy i mean i know we talk about how this is a curse a lot but uh i feel like this is a uh, very targeted that uh out of fear that we will stop well i mean if there's any time to do it episode 200 seems like a great jumping off point huh Oof, baby i mean if if there's no episode next week i imagine that uh, all the creeps uh friends of the show out there can take over and uh continue on the legacy of uh butts and dumps they can crowdsource it they could crowdsource it uh continuing uh by the way what's your view on the new film cinque cento cinquanta cinque giaccio by schioglieri Chiro. Um, RJ better be reading these emails. So, Jared, what is your opinion on Cinque Cento Cinquanta Cinque Giaccio? It's uh, artisanal film craft. Is this a real movie? No way. I'm Googling this. This can't be real. Is it? Uh... How to pronounce Giacciano Cantinto. Wait, what are these words? What is this? Is that a real word? <laughs> better, check, you... better check Letterboxd to see what the reviews are like. I just went straight to Google. Um, 55? Okay, so Cinquantin Cinque means 55. 555. Uh, and then what is the other part of that? Giaccio, is that years? Ice. 555 ice? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> is this a real movie? <laughs> oh, well, you uh, ponder that. Oh. We've got Justin Peterson. Onwards uh, and upwards. Okay, I'm, 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 I am listening, but I'm also trying to solve a mystery here. Hey, Jerry and RJ. What's happening? Congrats on making it to episode 200 and cheers to the next 200 for the best criterion podcast in the history of human existence. And here's a fun tip for you guys and fans of the show. Do you remember the bleeding letterbox logo they did for Halloween? Did you know by adding hashtag horror to your letterbox profile, you can have that logo bleeding on your page year round. 
Ooh. I was wondering about Gross. that because I've noticed that on some people's, they have the blood thing running still. And I went, huh. Mm-hmm. And it's all horror people. And I'm like, okay, it's probably something like that. But there all you right. go. That's cool. JD, I was hoping you might give us a look behind the curtain when it comes to your YouTube stats. Could you look and see what your three most popular videos have been over the past 48 hours in your Criterion Creeps YouTube studio? Well, um, I, I guess. One sec. Wait, what is happening here? Uh, um, he wants to know what's what's what are, what's happening in my stats. Okay. Our stats. Those ones that so you wait. watch very closely. Oh, yeah. I'm all about the stats. So you, ha- you add horror, hashtag horror to your profile? Somewhere. What- yeah. I'm not sure where you put that exactly. Maybe in your uh, profile. So your profile? as 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 always, um, it would appear that, I mean, in the last 28 days, and this is probably very consistent. Number three is that Twin Peaks: The Return review compilation. Number two is eight and a half, and number one with a bullet, Salo. Man, that's a that's a bummer. No. No, so, I think that's a bummer. Yeah, Why people, people actually like pe- pe- and people so really like that. Uh, really, people want to hear about what people have to say about Oni Baba. Apparently, really, yeah. Good thing we liked it because if we didn't like a movie, other people liked, uh, they would have lost It'd their be, fucking minds. Yeah. Oh, and uh, <laughs> and also we've got the Night Porter. Jesus. Those movies suck. No. Oh, I guess you like know. okay. So technically, in the last forty-eight hours, uh, looking at this, uh, Cormet is. Uh, neck and neck with Salo, but uh, that won't hold. That will never hold. Mm. And I think it's because people are looking to watch Salo for, for nothing. They want to see like a compilation yeah. of stuff and they get mad, I think, when it's like a review. An audio review with a guy who's, who's just like, I don't like it, but I'm going to talk about farts. Yeah. That's and, a thing, right? And they'll tell you. They'll tell you. They tell you. They let you know. Uh, so, yeah. What? Sorry. What else happened here? Um, that was it. To follow up oh, on okay. last week's questions about novelty virus protective masks, I would have to go with the Immortan Joe mask, despite the fact that the last time I saw Fury Road, I thought it was overrated. Or I could be a 90s Star Wars fanboy and say the Boba Fett helmet. Um, yeah, I think the, I think the Immortan Joe thing is super cool. Mm-hmm. Super cool. What other... I mean, what are the other sweet masks? What other sweet masks? Yeah. Uh, well, that's why I asked people out there. I would get the Jared Duncan so that I can walk with uh, impunity and do whatever I feel like because everyone would be like, oh, that's Jared. He's a bad dude. We expect these things. I'll wear a William Shatner mask. Ooh, which which Shat, though? Uh, 60 Shat or current day Shat? 70 Shat. But 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 uh, painted white and dye the hair green or whatever. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, you got it. You figured it out. They like warp. It's like warped somehow, though, right? Like that's. It seems warped. The mask. What? With all the foreign language movies that you watch in the Criterion Collection, which language is your favorite to hear? Personally, Italian. I would go with the quirky sounds of Swedish, which brings back memories of when I lived there during my study abroad. I, I would say Italian. Uh, yeah. I, I'd go with uh, Japanese because I love when they're grunty Japanese men and when people just go, mushy, mushy. Oh, mushy, mushy. I like uh, which mine or yours? I, I. Yeah, yours is a little problematic. 
No. Uh, I just like the Italian <laughs> just to uh, to dig into Actium Jackson Maximus a little more. Although, oh, Gabagool. Right? That's right. Right? See, if we get 20 emails one day, I'll do, I'll, or actually, no, it's a Patreon goal where I do that full reenactment of Green Book. Right. Yeah. That's coming one day. Goat movie question of the <sighs> week. What are your greatest of all time Tom Cruise movies? I have always had a soft spot for Days of Thunder, and I really need to get around to seeing The Color of Money. The Color of Money, hey? A little gamblers, a little hustlers. Tom Cruise, Jarrett. Uh, I actually, I'm going to hit you with some wild ones. Minority Report and uh, Interview with a Vampire. That's, and not, that's, not, that's not too crazy. Vanilla Sky. Vanilla, vanilla, vanilla sky. Those uh, those are my three top three for sure. Those movies are wicked good. Oh, let's see here. Fuck, I've seen 31 Tom Cruise movies. By oh, God. Jared, do you know how many I've seen? How many? 32. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> you should have watched uh, The Mummy, my friend. Well, I'm going to watch Cocktail, and then we'll be tied. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Uh, you should watch what, the uh, Cocktail. You don't have War of the Worlds? And your and your top. Yeah, War of the Worlds is wicked good. I I actually like that quite a bit. Got, aliens are not vampires, RJ. Uh, yeah, I know. Un- unless but... until they are, like Vampirella. Until they are. Like Vampirella is an alien. Vampirella is you... an alien. Yeah. Keep up with that horse shit. That's the that's the actual like first issue. She she comes from a planet where like there's no water. It's just blood. Like the rivers run with blood, so they live off of that. And mm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I remember reading that and I was like, what the fuck? This is not what I thought it was at all. That's uh, oh, actually, you know what? I watched the Vampirella movie, which is like Jim Winorski or some shit like that. It's got Roger Dalton in it, and yeah. I think she was like an alien in that. And I was like, what is this shit? I was like, yeah, see, is that and, what Vampirella is? See, and like, like many of Jim Winorski's works, no one remembers it after they've watched it. I uh, I almost completely forgot. I think it's Jim Winorski. Yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure you're right. Perella, Jim Winorski. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, it's, I yeah. I mean I think uh, Tom Cruise's performance in Magnolia uh, is pretty great. Eyes mm-hmm. Wide Shut. I need to rewatch. And yeah, I mean it's pretty straightforward with uh, TC. What about um, Interview with a Vampire, Jared? He's pretty worthless in Legend, that's for sure. In le- yeah, he doesn't do anything in Legend. No, um, they don't take full advantage of what they got. No, I also think Collateral is an underappreciated gem. Um, I feel like people don't talk about Collateral, Collateral at all, but I think Collateral is very good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Let's round things out by playing some more of the Letterbox Common Ratings game. Okay. First up, me, Jarrett. Uh oh. What dreams may come. All monsters attack. Henry, portrait of a serial killer, part two, and Ghost Rider. Uh, which Ghost Rider? A Ghost Rider. Like number one, though, not Spirit of Vengeance. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it was Spirit of Vengeance, I would have said four stars. These are your ratings, right? These are my ratings. Okay, he did not send me the answers to yours, so I'm yes. guessing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've seen... Wait, was it Maniac 2 or Henry 2? Henry. Oof. Uh, that doesn't sound good, so I'm going to say two stars. One. <laughs> Oof. 
Marone. Uh, yeah, that's that ain't good. That ain't I didn't good. know there was a sequel to Henry. Uh, have I seen that? Uh, yeah, there is. And uh, he's like a porta potty like guy. He delivers. He port- is a porta potty. Yeah, he works for a company that de- like de- deals in porta potties. Is that historically <laughs> accurate? <laughs> Henry's like not real. I mean, there there is like like. Henry Lucas, but this is wait, this wait, is wait. not Henry Lucas, and it doesn't have Michael. Ro- uh, yeah, it d- doesn't have. Um, oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Michael Roker. Roker. I want to say Rourke. I'm like that's who not it? it. Michael. Rourke. Who does it have instead? Like Tom Skerritt or something? Oh, it's just some guy. It's it. It's horrid. It's a bad, bad movie. Wait, what do you mean Henry's not a real guy? Was he not a guy in Toronto? Toronto. Ontario. Ontario. Like going around. Wasn't that inspired by true events? What? Henry? Well, Henry Lucas, who was a serial killer, and it's like loosely, loosely based on him. But yeah. but Henry Porter was a killer part two. Oh. I don't think he got into the porta potty business. Uh, well, that's what I mean, like because the first one was loosely based. So I was yeah. like, maybe maybe they found this guy twenty years later, and he was like, yeah, I, he's like, I I do the vacuums on the poopers. No, plug All it right. in, Otis. R R J. Mm-hmm. Forever Young, School of Rock, Cat People. Well, which one is it though? And Ivan the Terrible, Part Deuce. Oof. Uh, are you gonna guess? Um. Yeah, I guess I should guess on your behalf. I mean, I don't know which Cat People it is. Is it? Have you seen the um the one with Malcolm McDowell? Okay, so this is the. OG. Mm-hmm. Two and a half? It appears as if you're spot on, Jared. Although I got to say, um, I'm surprised at myself for having School of Rock in there because I actually thought School of Rock was good. I, I well, thought. You thought. I'm going to go take that star rating out of there. Oh, man. Or when did I watch this? Oops. When did I watch this last? I don't remember. I don't know. I'm taking that star rating off of there. I feel like that's not fair. Justin, mm. Twister, Rudy, Raging Bull, and Ratatouille. Well, uh, Raging Bull is a very good show. Four and a half? Mm. I'd go with four? Let me convert the internet here. Boop, 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 boop. Five stars. Okay. I was, I was thinking four or five, but... Yeah. Uh, those are good shows. Pretty good. I'm surprised by Twister. Yeah, I don't know. The, the I, I, movie scared I, the shit out of me when I was a little kid. It means that when I see Twister, I just think of Shania Twain. <laughs> I don't know, like, because there's that. There's, there's, <laughs> did they use like a Shania Twain song in that movie? I don't know. I don't know. Did they? I feel like there was like a music video that like was in heavy rotation that my parents uh, listened to. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, the song "No One Needs to Know," I believe. Oh, I haven't watched that movie, but in maybe I'm. But I could years. be totally wrong. Huh. No, I. There, there when did that be, come there out? Like be, yeah, it, it was on this. It was on the soundtrack. Okay, I'll take your word for it. There you go, huh. Colin, aka CM Richa. Ooh, baby. Grizzly Man, Ghidra, the three-headed monster, the Water Boy, Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Oh, well, Friday the 13th final chapter is awesome. 
That's a four-star movie. Waterboy is pretty good. That's a three-and-a-half-star movie. Ghidra? Uh, I don't know about Ghidra. Ghidra's better, pretty cool. It's one of the better Godzillas. I'm going to say... I'm going to say four, and I, I actually don't know. I wasn't looking. That sounds good to me. You convinced You're me. you four? Sure. Okay, let me see here. Four stars. There you go. I, I swear I wasn't looking. I, I didn't do it. Finally, Joshua Frazier, Chopping Hi. Mall, Alien Resurrection, Xanadu, a Serbian film. Oof. Uh... I, I wouldn't have known for any of the other ones, but with a Serbian film in there, I'm going to say half a star. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's ha- you, you agree? Yeah. Let's have a peek. One and a half stars. I, you know, I was going to say that uh, usually one and a half is kind of like the, the, yeah. the pretty typical Josh star rating for uh, these types of things. Bizarre. But, Bizarre. Yeah. And in honor of your 200th episode, let's revisit an old, old friend, Dr. Christmas, who was the third ever Letterboxd user you featured on Who Hates This Movie with their half-star oh, wow. review of Amarcord. I could not find any record of the reviews you mentioned from the first time you did that segment during the Seven Samurai review. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't remember. It's four years ago now. Oh, but I see. Oh, okay. Because uh, I, I want to say that it's possible that... I might have gotten those reviews from IMDb at the time because I wasn't, or, uh, or, or like Amazon, because I I, yeah. didn't, I I didn't quite lock in on the yeah. the gimmick. So it might have been from one of those other sites. We were still figuring it out. That's right. I've he, only yeah yeah what oh but he uh so Doctor Christmas we have to guess what Doctor Christmas rated Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Annihilation Highlander and Hot Shots oh five stars. <laughs> What did which movie did he hate? Amarcord? Yeah. Yeah, let's say five stars. Let's go for it. Yeah. Jarrett, five stars. Uh, <laughs> five uh, stars, buddy. Annihilation gave it away. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was like. Because uh, for a second, I was like, wait a minute, which movies did this guy hate? And then I was like, oh, okay. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Thanks for the time, guys, and have a great 200th episode. Thanks, Justin. Always a pleasure. Indeed. Back to you, Jorge. Oh, right. I do this too now. Yeah. Uh, We have an email sent from allegedly 4 a.m. or 3.57 a.m., but that could be our time. Uh, And that might be because it's from our Lithuanian friend, uh, Mr. George Hofschmeiner. He has a subject titled Big Bicentennial Boys, which I like quite a bit. Uh, He says, hey, guys, picture this in Lithuanian, Jarrett. Mm -hmm. Uh, Congratulations on reaching 200 episodes. My plan was to send you guys something physical, but that requires planning and thinking ahead. So here's just an email. I will try again, uh, this time for the four-year anniversary that's coming up. Oh, he knew. He remembered. That's nice. Uh, I hope we finally made 10 emails, so I'll keep it short. Have a good one. Sincerely, I'm adding this. He didn't say this. Sincere, sincerely, your best Lithuanian friend, a guy who 100% lives in Lithuania, George Delacord Hoshminer. So that's a terrific, just terrific, George. Thank you so much for emailing in, bud. <laughs> 
I uh, that's 100% what he said. I didn't make up any of that last stuff. So well, you, yep. that's 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 you got a different email. These well, I mean, who are you to say you're fake, Jarrett? Well, RJ, uh, I'm gonna let you read this the next one too because that's that's okay. how that actually came. It, this one was also sent from 4:32 a.m. So I don't know where this individual lives. Maybe Lithuania too. Uh, this is from George C. Scott Bailey uh, with no subject, and they say, or he says, I want to congratulate you guys on 200 episodes. Hope you guys stay around for all the collection. Well, God help us. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, continuing, I don't know about any of the other listeners, but you guys are one of the best parts of my week. Well. Scott, that's just darn tootin' good of you to say. Uh, continuing again. Unfortunately, I can't listen to you when I'm working because people don't think uh, your family, those chuds, <laughs> uh, what do they know? I appreciate the use of chuds here. I do too. Uh, about a couple of weeks ago, I tried some chips called New Orleans Voodoo. Ooh. They're a mix between salt and vinegar and barbecue. They are now my favorite chips. What kind of chips or snacks do you guys like to eat while watching stuff or at get-togethers? Well, I got it. So that's it. I got to interrupt. This uh, New Orleans voodoo sounds wicked, but you know what it also sounds like, Jared? Hmm. Sounds like all dressed to chips. Do, do, do how many people know about the, uh, the all dressed? Well, it's a Canadian chip, right? It is a Canadian chip. Because on the bag of All Dressed, it has this, uh, the vinegar thing. And like All Dressed, I think All Dressed is a mix between salt and vinegar and barbecue. Right? Dressed all over? Yeah, maybe. We're going to have to do some comparisons. But Let's also... New... I'm going to look into this. You continue. Well, George C. Scott Bailey, um, I think he maybe outed himself as being a Louisiana boy or a Bayou boy or maybe just a big New Orleans boy. Or maybe that's got nothing to do with it, and maybe there's just a chip called New Orleans Voodoo. Uh, I don't know. I think that sounds like All Dressed, and I have to say, I too enjoy All Dressed trips. Those are very good. Lately, I think I've mentioned one time, maybe it's just to you off air, I've really been hitting salt and vinegar chips like hard to the point where Andrea kind of told me to stop. She's like, stop buying salt and vinegar chips. And I was like, oh, want to. I don't know. But when I eat them, I get real sweaty because they're like you eat a whole bag and then you don't have to go to the gym the next day, which is good. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big chip boy. What did you find over there? Yeah. So I got on Reddit. Yeah. New Orleans. Uh huh. Question about all dressed flavored potato chips versus Zaps voodoo. Watching an old episode of Trailer Park Boys and learned of the existence of all dressed flavor chips, which is apparently like all the potato chip flavors mixed together. I've never Ooh. seen them in stores down here, but the description of the flavor made me immediately think of the Zaps Voodoo chips. So I was wow. wondering if any of you have had both, and how does Voodoo stack up to all dressed? TIA. I don't think anyone really answers this question, though. Uh, all dressed is Canada's best kept secret. I've not talked uh, or I've not tasted anything quite like them. I personally don't think they taste like the voodoo chips at all, but hmm. they are a wonderful explosion of flavor in your mouth and definitely worth ordering online. Super yummy, hard to describe flavor. It kind of reminds me of homemade ketchup mixed with perfect French fry, a little salty with a hint of sweetness that blend wow. perfectly into happiness. 
Wow. This person is speaking pretty eloquently about uh, Aldress chips, and I'm, I'm here for it, man. I love it. Uh, I think that's that's a pretty good answer to that question, and I think that's a – I just want you to marvel at my my ability to connect the dots, Jared. Even that dressed all over uh, uh, little drop I had there, which only a, a few select few of people, but that comment themselves, they said, Trailer Park Boys, so it's all coming together. And it is kind of like homemade ketchup because all dressed – because we have ketchup chips in Canada. So I think Aldrest uses some of that ketchup sprinkling that they put in the ketchup chips also. Yeah. I believe, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I do wonder, Mike, do you think there's any dill in Aldrest? Or do they... Is it, I, I don't they're, think If they're, they're saying all, that would include dill. I don't believe that there's dill in there. I I think Aldrest is barbecue, ketchup, and salt and vinegar. I think that's it. I don't think it's all the other ones. So it's like, it's some dressed... Well, I mean, it's dressed all over, Jarrett. Um, so to answer the question from George <laughs> yeah. Scott, uh-huh. uh, yeah, all, all dressed chips are great. Yeah, all dressed is awesome. With, with, so some, if any... with some dip, some dill pickle what, what dip. Are you dipping all, you're dipping all dressed in dill pickle? Yeah, we talked about this before. Yeah, you're a maniac, though. It's, all, it's so good. So what other things are you snacking on, Jarrett? I don't snack when I watch stuff. but Why I get. I mean, for sitting around, uh, chips, I guess, even though mm-hmm. chips are real bad because they can get out of hand. Sure, they can. Chocolate almonds, out of hand. Oh, 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 baby. I put down a Costco bag of chocolate almonds last week in like, I don't know, a week, I think. What, was, but this, like, was this a kilogram bag? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to understate it, but when I eat, when we got chocolate almonds, Jared, I, uh, I make sure that that shit goes down. Wow. Huge. I know. Huge. Uh, you're also a big donut boy. Oh yeah, we've you and I have uh, snacked down some varieties of baked goods, be it spud mm-hmm. nuts or, you know, those delicious donuty pastries. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're never as good as you want them to be, though. They're not. There were a few times that I think we we did nail it, uh, but uh, we did. For people who don't live in the exact city we live in, there was this local bakery that made these things called spud nuts, which were just potato donuts. And uh, they were great, but they would sell out every day. And then the guy who made it, he was this old like Russian dude or something or old Polish dude. Uh, he retired. And then a bunch of other businesses started selling spud nuts in like uh, like quotations. And then uh, the guy got really mad. He's like, that's mine. And then they're like, well, you stop. It was a huge uh, local scandal until like, you know, bigger things like COVID and uh, uh, systematic racism hit the world. So shit. Yeah. You know what I mean, Jared? So, no, yeah, big no, donut boy. Yeah, no one cares about a lot of things all of a sudden. Not anymore. I, I particularly I where they get their donuts. Not their donuts, but, you know, I wonder what Scott Bayo's doing. You know? Ryan Nagel. Oh, baby. What's up, what's he up to? Two Friend of the show. 200. That's like my favorite. That's my favorite uh, Zack Snyder film. 200? Yeah. It's good, but it's uh, it's not as sexual. What's up, Jared and RJ? Long time, no emails from me here. Baby. I hit a snag during quarantine and have found that I'm not really listening to podcasts. Yeah. I, I understand that. I typically mm. do this on my commute to work, but now working from home, I'm not finding the time. However, mm. recently I've carved out the perfect time to hit my creep quota by consuming your dulcet tones while I Ooh. mow the lawn. Brittany pointed nice. out to me last week that I was laughing while mowing and looked like I had lost my mind. <laughs> I wonder what he was laughing about. I'm, I'm going to have to text him. 
I'll lob you a softball question here. What has been your favorite first time thus far during COVID quarantines? Mm. Congratulations on 200, you big pod boys. Keep up the good work. <laughs> creep on, creeping on. Friend of the show, Ryan Nagel. God damn, it's good to hear from him. He's back, baby. The original friend of the show. He's here. I, uh, I, you know what? I'm not going to text him. Uh, I'll, I'll see if he is listening and he can text me uh, on his own accord about uh, whatever he was. While he's mowing the lawn? Yeah, well, I want to know what he was that's laughing a, at. That must be, that's that's got to be a hell of a lawn. His lawn? Our, our, our episodes are fucking long. Well, he lives in Calgary, Jarrett. Does he have to mow everyone's lawn? He might. Is, is, that, like, is that like a cost-saving measure? He might, man. It's uh, I don't want to like assume anything, but oh, I have seen his house, so he, he could mow everybody's. I don't know. Yeah. Hard to say, man. Fucking Nenshi, man. He's putting everyone to work. God damn. He's doing it. So uh, what about you, big dog? Any? Uh, well, you don't really watch movies anymore. No. What First during corn? I mean, I guess I started using soap. For the first time? <laughs> like, it seems like people are because it's flying off the shelves. <laughs> Apparently, uh-huh. pe- people ran out of soap. It's like, what? It's like, don't you have soap? No, I never used it. Like, I'm So I'm assuming... Uh, people just didn't use it or they're, uh, you know, more likely stockpiling because apparently we're going to run out of soap. That's a a bummer. I have a bar soap if you want, but, uh, I believe, uh, Reese Haxtell one time, uh, mentioned, uh, not on the show, but I saw his, um, either on Letterboxd or Twitter. Cause you know, I like to stay connected to the friends of the show. Uh, I think he said something like everyone should stop pretending that uh, hand bar soap is the same as liquid soap. It's like just use liquid soap. So if you ever want bar soap, I'm trying to get rid of it. Bar, bar soap. Do, do, uh, would you ever go to someone's place and use their bar soap? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I don't use soap, like you said. Cool. No, um, no, I, uh, I don't know, man. It's tough to say. It's really tough to say. Hmm. Then this was this was a softball question. So, do you think he means uh, in terms of actual creep movies, or just anything we've anything. watched? Anything. I think he, I think he means uh, anything. Uh. Well, you don't. As I pointed out, you don't watch movies anymore. Um. I'd say probably oh, oh, the oh, long. Oh, only only the fifty movies I watched in the last. Well, month. well, core <laughs> May. You know, May doesn't count in real life. That's something else that you you started, and it's your fault that we do. Um, I'd say the long good the long goodbye is the highest uh, liked thing I've watched so far since COVID started. Other than actually, I should preface not even a movie, just Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek's awesome. Everyone should watch some of that sweet data. Sweet right, chair data. What's the favorite thing that I've watched that I've told you about? I mean, you were pretty uh, high on uh, Deadbeat at Dawn. The movie was wicked, dude. Real wicked. You agree, though, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I think you really like it. And uh, well, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's really good. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I, don't, I, I just thought it was neat, dude. And, you know, sitting at home Friday night, having a couple cold ones mm-hmm. in the basement and uh, listening to Joe Bob talk, uh, it's not to like. I drink out of a metal straw for the first time. Uh, what was that like for you? Uh, upsetting. <laughs> you didn't you didn't like the experience? I have metal straws. I I heard I heard. Uh, yeah, it's like kind of weird because you're like, what's inside of this metal reusable thing that you just suck out of? How clean can this really get? Uh, 
Well, I don't know about wherever you were drinking the straw, but our straws, we have, when you buy the pack, it comes with like a little pipe cleaner thing that you can like put down there and you can like kind of get it out of there. Sounds like you're trying to erode our freedoms. I'm going to erode more than your freedoms, buddy. If you I, know what I mean. So I got, I got another one here because okay. I, I have to catch up in the, the, the email count. Okay. From Sam Sanchez. Mm-hmm. 200 exclamation marks. Oh, God. Happy 200th episode, guys. You've made it mm-hmm. this far, and I'm sure it's been a breeze going through all of these wonderful <laughs> classics. Isn't oh, yeah. It, isn't it great that you've done 200 episodes? <laughs> and since oh, then, yeah. Criterion has probably released enough around that many spines. <laughs> so your remaining list of episodes is probably in exactly the same state as when you started. Well, Let's keep up that. the indefinite fun. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. It's like you no, know, I think about this all the time. How Speaking. it's in <laughs> Sis- Sisyphean uh, adventure. It's rolling that boulder up that hill, and then it rolls back down. Oh <laughs> our, our, our bloody knees and hands. Uh, Jared. Uh, speaking of never-ending stuff, I enjoy the Cormier episode, and it's crazy that a lot of the movies you talked about, which I followed along with and watched like 80% of, feels like I watched months ago, and almost said wipe from yeah. memory. And thanks mm-hmm. to you guys, Corman is firmly number one on my watch director list, and Dick Miller number one on the actor list. Yep. It will be a while before either is dethroned, unless I actively try to pass Corman, but Hitchcock is closest, and would need 18 movies to watch to pass him Oof. off. Might be a while. Well, yeah. So is that like uh, definitely probably for the year for the actor for Dick Miller, but uh, and he definitely Corman would be your number one director ever. My mine is all time. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, now only seconded to Stan Brackage, I think is what I said. And then Brackage. whenever we hit fucking by Brackage Volume Two, then he'll probably creep up on Corman. Yeah, Just Frank was my number two. Oh, actually, actually, technically, technically, my number one is Kevin Dunn. Oh, the uh, WWE guy? Yeah. Are those back on Letterboxd? They are, much to my chagrin, because now my most watched directors are all fucking like, it's like The Undertaker <laughs> and Triple Triple H. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, and now I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't want this. I, well, it's, it's your fault for watching them. Or I can unlog them, I guess. You wouldn't do that, because then that's going to juke your I, stats. It, it would de- de-juke my stats. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, you did this to yourself, and I don't feel bad for you. No. Mm-hmm. And from last week, the correct pronunciation of uh, depilepsy is literally just epilepsy with a D in front of, in front. And yes, was coined because Frank, who isn't Jay Cheel, is a bit of a Johnny Depp apologist in Tim Burton. See, mm. Tim Berculosis, <laughs> or Ooh, the like combination one. of the two. D- uh, Depatitis B-, B. Urton, though I would personally rather mm. have criterionitis and classitosis. I uh, I'm obliged to agree, but uh, I think I'm kind of biased in that sense. So yeah. RJ know. would probably enjoy a daily dose of melatonin or have a bad whooping cough. <laughs> I uh, I'm loving this. I think. Uh, well, we should we, we, let's drop this criterion thing. Let's just make up um, diseases and viruses and illnesses. Based uh, on celebrities that are, and cinema. Yeah. yeah, sure. Just puns. Pun wordplay. The pun boys. 
All right, guys. Congrats again on 200 episodes, and we'll see if I keep the same pace of one appearance per every 200 episodes. And honestly speaking, show is something I like. Uh, I I look forward to every week and a bright spot in this day of diseases, lockdowns, <laughs> quarantines, mandated curfews, etc. Butts and dumps are far more pleasant. Man, you know that's all I've ever that's all I've ever tried to do, Jared. I know my enjoyment of butts and dumps, and I just want it's like it's like I said earlier. If someone else just gets is is excited as I am. And maybe it'll be all worth it. So it's nice to hear, Sam. I'm glad that I'm glad that you like it, bud. And you know what? Maybe you can cut that in half or something. So it's every 100 episodes, or you know, you could come on next week if you want. Whatever, do whatever feels right, right, Jer? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, one more quickie, and then we'll, okay. we'll hand you off to the the, the grand finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Eagle. Oh. It's that most marvelous time of the year. Oh, baby. Hi, creeps, and congratulations on reaching your bicentennial. Last wow. week's brief mention of my name spurred me to pick up the crayons and mark this momentous occasion. Mm. Well, some may require assurance that the serial killer eyes glaring from beneath the helmet are indeed RJ's. To mm. fans of the show, RJ's hot abs are unmistakable. I'll sign off it's now true. to allow you guys to open your other Creeps Day cards. Here's to another 200 episodes. Best wishes, Rob Eagle. And, uh, oh, I have to... Uh, I'll have to send what? this to you, RJ. What is it? A picture of my hot abs? Um. Well, no. It's it's interesting. One sec. What do you mean what, interesting? What, is this a weird coincidence? Because <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't see this beforehand. There, sent. This is. Are you? This is a very vague thing you're doing, Jerry, and I'm not really. Well, there's there, uh, there's an attachment, an image attachment from uh, Rob. Okay. Where are you sending this to me? To to your email. Okay. All right. Oh, here. Uh, doo, doo, doo. It's the most marvelous. Okay, let's go to this picture here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where did that picture come from? From the, me. From, 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 <laughs> from the internet? Yeah. I know where your picture came from. Your picture is all over the the web. Well, now yeah. you can. Uh, so I guess you can do something with that. Uh, it's, I, it's, I, it's, what, 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 a, what a strange coincidence. I will do something with that. Uh, that is um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, uh, I, I honestly didn't see that until I, I, no, I opened I it. You. Yeah. Sh- should we say what it is, or should I just put it out on social media? Put it, you can put it on the social media. It'll make it'll drive people who don't usually check out those things to do that. Okay, I might uh, um, just upfront, Rob Eagle. I love it. It's awesome. I don't know where you found this picture of my face. I'm I'm not sure when I was making that face, but I mean it's believable. Um, and also, those are your eyes. They're your those eyes. Those are 100%. So uh, I, I will put that out. I might wait a day or two just uh, to see if, um, you know, what's happening. But uh, wow. So we'll tease that for the people out there. But uh, Rob Eagle and his uh, Photoshop skills are coming into play. Huge. Right, Jer? Huge. Huge. So uh, nice. Well, I appreciate hearing from him too. All of our friends. And finally, RJ, take it yep. away. Okay. Oh, hey, before oh, I forget, oh. I was gonna, I was gonna mention George C. Scott Bailey was talking about those voodoo chips. We'll make a Patreon goal. If I ever visit any friends of the show, including this last emailer, one of our good friends of the show, I will personally bring them a bag of all dressed chips. Do you guarantee it? I guarantee it, friend. All dressed chips and a uh, coffee crisp 
chocolate bar. That is my solemn promise. Continuing. So we have an email here from uh, the big friend boy, Frank Santoro, Frank Solano. This one coming in hot under the water. Yeah, I'm not going to correct that. Hot under the water about (laughs) half an hour ago. Uh, Happy 200 creeps. I almost said crepes. Man, I'm bad at reading. Okay. Uh, Hey there, fellas. That's a nice Seamus fellas for you there, Jer. So you've made it to 200 episodes in. (laughs) Oh, wait. So you've made it 200 episodes in. I was reading it like... um, you you know that Simpsons episode, so it's like so it's come to the or it's like a <laughs> Simpsons clip show. It's like so it's come to this. Man, my brain is weird. Okay, so you've made it to two hundred episode. Oh shit, I did it again. Okay, whatever. Uh, can you believe you've come so far? No, we can't. Uh, a real miracle, I'd call it. Yes, we agree. Uh, you'd expect that after so many shows, at least one of you would be brain dead. Well, <laughs> clearly. Uh, or at least in prison. But nope, here you are. <laughs> what? I'd say a mental prison is shackling well, us and making us brain dead. We're in a kind of prison. We're in a kind of prison. Uh, obviously, though you big ride boys will try to play it off, This is another landmark in the progress of this show, and I'd like to reestablish how much this show and you guys mean to me. Well, that's very sweet of you, Frank. Uh, But, I mean, yes, we don't do much. We just hang out. Um, When, continuing, when I found this little weekly program, I was going through a pretty rough patch in my life. I was spiraling, honestly, and had really lost touch with my purpose here. I almost lost my job cut myself off from my church and my friends and was probably on the brink of some kind of mental breakdown. I know it might sound dramatic, but in God's honest truth, I was pretty low. And then I found the podcast and listening to you guys ramble on about these movies that I'd never watch actually helped me pull through. While listening to episode uh, after episode at work, my situation slowly started looking not so bad, especially when uh, compared to your self-obligated task. (laughs) That in turn helped me realize uh, that no matter what was going on around me, I was the one letting myself down by not trying to get better. And so I did get better. Well, that's it's nice nice to hear frank that you're doing better we we we're rooting for you buddy uh almost two years later when i left uh to costa rica i had a nice send-off uh from the people i care about and was given the offer to return to work for the university if i ever found myself in need of a job the simple fact that the show brightened uh the simple fact that the show brightened up my day and helped me through those tough times means that it's deserving of credit in my recovery I'm grateful for that. Well, I don't think we can take take much credit, Frank, but continuing. Uh, and through all that, I got the courage to reach out, get to know you fellas better, and even come on the show. I know I haven't been around for as long as Oliver, but I feel that I've been through quite a bit with you dudes. Hell, I even managed to snatch uh, capes out of Jarrett's cold, bony fingers. That's true. That thing was buried even to me. And today, I feel like I'm part of that little community up in Creepsville with all our fellow creepers. I could try to name them, but I'd probably end up pulling an RJ and leaving someone out. 
Yeah. So through Jarrett's lips, as he <laughs> reads this email out de- loud. De- de- well, denied. <laughs> uh, thanks to all you fellow listeners uh, who have come on the show and who have listened to our good old Canadian buds and support them. And hopefully this community continues to grow and we see that Patreon uh, raise enough money to fund RJ's rewatch of Sallow and his reenactment of Green Book. Yes, that is most important. Uh, and of course, thank thanks to you beautiful hosts who guide us listeners through the ocean of mostly mediocre films known as the <laughs> Criterion Collection. Yep. Uh, For your humor and wits and perseverance, thanks for everything you've been through uh, for this show. Leather daddies. See you soon, (laughs) creeps. Well, uh, I got to say, uh, I think you're giving us too much credit, Frank, uh, Frank, but uh, it is nice to hear that you enjoy the show, that you've gotten something from the show, and uh, I'm glad you like it, man. I'm glad you're doing better, too. So we're, we're here for you, bud. Right, Jer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, just wait. Last minute follow-up from Mr. Frank Santoro. Uh, Also, I do want to acknowledge publicly that RJ and Jarrett made a mistake in the Cormet episode. Oh, man, come on. Uh, First, Il Vampiro del Pianata Rosso is in fact Italian, and though I am not directly Italian myself, I have attached an audio with the hopefully correct, correct, wow, uh, pronunciation <laughs> in Italian, as well as some ad libs. Enjoy. So uh, that will make its way into this episode somewhere. Also, considering maximum uh, Jackson, uh, maximum action Jacksonus's future appearance <laughs> is confirmed. Well, uh, whether it be Videodrome or not, I'd like to call out a few new nominees for future episodes if they're up for it. Rob Eagle, Colin Richards, George Hofschmeiner, and Ryan Nagel. Are you up for the challenge? We await your response. Just to be clear, the response can be no, but we'd (laughs) prefer it to be yes. Uh, that concludes uh, sent from my iPhone, uh, Mr. Frank Santoro. <laughs> and uh, yeah, those guys, I would love to hear from them, especially Actium Jackson Maximus. And uh, you know what? Maybe we'll have some special uh, special guests on whenever. We don't know. Right, Chair? Who can know the future? Is that what people wanted? For me to fumble my way through things? I, I, that's, that's, all we, that's all we've ever wanted. Well, you, well, you get what you pay for, you know, man. The next time there's ever 10 emails. <laughs> that, that... <laughs> you, you get what you pay for, bud. And uh, I just hope everyone else out there is happy. So it's nice to hear from all of our all of our friends and um, everyone who re- wrote in. And, you know, even even everyone who didn't write in, because I've said before, we've gotten messages from people yeah. uh, that don't write in either. So we see you. We hear you. We love you. What's going on there, Jared? <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 I was doing a, uh, I was like, oh yeah, we're, we're recording audio. <laughs> yeah, this isn't, there's no visuals here, dude. <laughs> no one can see what you're, that was just dead air for like 20 <laughs> seconds. You pulled a Trudeau. Oh, well, <laughs> sometimes silence speaks louder than words. RJ. Yo. What you been creeping on? You ever heard of? What? Boy, <laughs> I, I, 
there's been some allusions to Butt Boy. Uh, well, Jared, I got a movie here for you. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a friend who invited me to a little uh, outdoor drive-in uh, in their backyard. So I went to the drive-in on the weekend, Jared. For real, we uh we got a little fire going. Uh, buddy set up a white screen with a projector, and uh, they threw on a movie that uh, was very special to them. It's called Butt Boy from last year, directed by Tyler Kornack. I don't think he has anything else, but uh, he is also the lead star in this movie. Uh, I think you can uh, you can guess why this was suggested for me. All the talks of butts and dumps. The tagline for this movie, Jared, is assume the position. Oh, dear. Do you know, any, do you know anything about Butt Boy? No, I don't. Uh, I've it, seen you logged it, and I was like, huh, wonder what, uh, wonder what RJ's uh, takeaway on this will be. Uh, I'm just going to read you the uh, letterbox synopsis first. Detective Fox loves work and alcohol. After he goes to AA, his sponsor, Chip, becomes a suspect in an investigation for a missing kid. Fox believes people are disappearing up Chip's butt. Hmm. So this is a prestige uh, format film. Uh, this is likely a criterion one day. So what we have here, Jared, is we have a tale of addiction and depression. So you have a man who is in a depressed state. He's going through some things he doesn't quite understand. Uh, and he's in AA. Uh, this is where he meets. Uh, so first 30 minutes kind of revolve around this guy and his problems. He's got a little issue with his butt. He doesn't quite understand it. And he's not really sure what's happening. Uh, I think uh, he, we've all been there. We've all been there, man. Uh, we have a time jump uh, about six years later. Uh, he is a AA sponsor. And then we are introduced to our actual leading man, uh, our protagonist for the film, uh, this Detective Fox. He is kind of like, um, shit, what did this guy look like? He looked like someone that uh, I'm going to forget now, but I'll, I'll bring up later. He looked like a guy. doesn't matter. Uh, and he is a detective. He's an alcoholic. Uh, and he is going through some personal stuff with his family. And he's an AA. So they meet up. Then what happens is we start getting some missing kids, some missing people, and uh, our good detective figures it out that, uh, you know, I don't want to, like, say too much, but there are butts in play. There are vortexes in play. Um, there are alternative butt dimensions of some kind. Or are there? I don't know. Uh, what we have here is a hard-boiled film noir that uh, Sam Sanchez would love, I'm sure, uh, about, like I said, addiction and depression. And uh, it's really just about grief and loss, Jared. Wow. Uh, so actually, <laughs> as wild as it sounds, it's actually, a pr I thought it was a pretty well-made movie. Like, okay. um, like, I think you it fits in that realm of a, semi-trauma type stuff like i wouldn't say um actually you know what it kind of reminds me of which i know you're a huge fan of is like astron six <laughs> but but not as like outright goofy and the, the taint and the taint yeah so it's kind of like those but it's uh it is actually played straight even though it's kind of uh um like i mean it's ridiculous but it is played straight uh there's uh what was i gonna say no it's pretty well made it was a good show I enjoyed it. Okay. How, Is that how, surprising? 
No, I mean this. This is like uh, I feel like there's this nebula, this nebula of films that exist yeah. where you have like you have like a Swiss Army Man, Greasy Strangler, mm-hmm. Butt Boy. I feel like that Come to Daddy movie uh, yeah. that's kicking around. I feel like that might belong to this uh, this, this, this moment, this uh, yeah. this this type of film, which are like are also very like uh, movies about maleness, Bondi? masculinity. Ah, yeah. Yeah, it's got some of that in, too. Uh, Come to Daddy's on Crave. Maybe I'll watch that next week uh, and see if uh, it uh, fits in there. You know what, uh, or, I, what fell into my lap what? a couple of days ago that I haven't got to see yet? <sighs> Color Out of Space. Wow, you should watch that. I should. I imagine it'll be disappointing to you. I, I mean, my my uh, I, I've got pretty low expectations. Low? Pretty low. Yeah. Well, that's probably the best thing to do then, is go in low. Yeah. Maybe it'll... We go low, they go high. That's you know what, what I'm saying? That's what we hope. So uh, I, I agree with you where it's in this uh, realm of movies. Um, It's not Swiss Army Man. That's like mm-hmm. a legitimate five-star masterpiece. Uh, but Butt Boy, I mean, I was surprised by it. I wouldn't um, – or I was surprised by like – I was like, this is pretty good. I like it. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to like <laughs> – anybody like you know what i like to to like a regular person but uh certain people i think uh it would fit in that realm for and maybe you'll check it out in uh creeped over or something yeah if uh if it's available if, if opportunity arises yeah so uh i watched butt boy and then i i continued on my journey with uh our friends on the ss enterprise jerk do you want to hear about that a little bit uh, absolutely Okay, so I did the unthinkable, and I started taking notes. Oh no! Because uh, I'm trying to backtrack here. You're, you're you are a nerd now. <laughs> well, yes, but uh, because of you, Jared, you made me this way. Mm-hmm. So last week we ended on uh, two point sixteen. Do you think that, like, on episode one of the Criterion Increase podcast, you would find yourself writing notes while watching Star Trek: Next Generation four years after the fact? I believe that when you hear my notes, you will probably say, yes, that is believable. Okay. Uh, okay. So last week, and no, I I mean, it's like I said, I've always had vague interest in Star Trek. I just never did it. Um, so last week we talked about 2.16, which was the uh, the Borg. Uh, Q-Who, uh, which was a uh, big, big time Star Trek boy ride. So now we're on uh, 217, uh, Samaritan Snare, Samaritan Snare, that sounds right. Here are my notes. Uh, Fat Eyebrow Men, Wesley slash Picard Road Trip, uh, Cronenberg Medical Gowns, three out of five stars. Uh, so in this one, there are these like really fat, like, uh, bald guys that are like really dumb. They're like, Oh, our spaceship don't work. Uh, and they trick, uh, Jordy LaForge to beam over to fix their ship. And then they try to kidnap him. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Picard isn't there because he needs to get a heart surgery. So, uh, that's all that. That's all the same episode. It's, uh, oh my God. Some of these episodes are fucking packed, dude. Uh, so Picard and Wesley uh, fly to this like planet where he can get the surgery done, even though Dr. Pulaski is like an expert 
in this in the kind of like heart surgery. So he goes to get the surgery and then eventually the doctors are like, we can't do it. And then they call Pulaski in anyways. Uh, but the big takeaway was the the actual Dead Ringers Cronenberg gowns that they're all wearing because they're just wearing Dead Ringers gowns and like the whole operating room is red. So I was like, that's weird. It's not what I was expecting. You know what I mean, Jer? Huh? Anyways. I, uh, I'm rating these out of five, but uh, three three means I liked it. It was good. Uh, two means I didn't like, or two means it's fine. And then anything oh, higher, two, maybe it'll be out two, of four. Two is a fine. Two is fine. Yeah, let's say out of four, Jared. Okay. Out of four. Like so Ebert. three means, yeah, like like Ebert. Three means it's good, but it wasn't great. Two means it's okay, but whatever. And one means it was real bad. Uh, so two point eighteen up the long ladder. Uh, here are my notes, and then I'll let's see if you can guess what this episode is about. Uh, Worf is sick, tea ceremony, farmers and horny Riker, drunk Irish space clones, question mark, and then abortion <laughs> rights, question mark. What? Three out of four. <laughs> Do you have any idea? What that's, that's, all I, that's all I need to know. That's all. That's it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so this is where I believe we get uh, – each episode is starting to have little snips of Worf uh, that, like, don't have any resolution or anything. It's just, like, you're, you're seeing little snippets of who Worf is. Yeah. So it's starting to come through. World building. World building. Okay, uh, 219 Manhunt. Uh, I put in quotations, what a handsome race. Uh, that's Worf talking about fishmen. And then I put Picard Seduction – Space fish, hollow deck murder again. Uh, three out of four. <laughs> Do you want any more info no, on that? Or? I, I don't. I all I, I just want these. <laughs> these. Okay. Uh, two twenty. The emissary. I just put Klingons. Three out of four. Nice. Uh, two twenty one, uh, which is called peak performance. Uh, Worf builds a model ship. Stratego War Games, three out of four. Uh, and then, uh, then two twenty-two, which is the last episode of the oh, season. Fuck. Uh, Shades of Grey. Yeah. I put horny Riker clip show. Yeah, uh, because it's a clip show, but all it is is it's just Riker's memories, and most of the memories are him boning chicks, <laughs> which is weird, but whatever. Uh, okay, and then I watched one episode of season three. Wait, wait, whoa, is... whoa, whoa. What? What's your star rating? Oh, for the clip show? Yeah. One. Nice. <laughs> it's it's worthless, dude. It's, it's, like... it's, it's the worst episode of the series. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's I, the lowest pretty, pretty, Yeah. It's, uh, it's not good because, like, it, um, like, they have the setup for the clip show, uh, clip show, like, Riker gets put down and they're like, we have to stimulate his brain. And it's like, that's whatever. But it's, it's weird that the clips are only about Riker because it's a clip show of the show, but only his, his memories. And it's only him trying to like flirt with women. So you're kind of, yeah, it's not good. Uh, and then I just have one more, uh, first episode of season three, 3.1, uh, called evolution. I wrote nanites. Wes sucks. And he has a quaff two out of four. (laughs) So uh, that's uh, those are my tales of intrigue from uh, the Star Trek world wow. uh, this week. Cool. I, I'm liking my new format. It's very succinct. Uh, 
it is succinct. So I'm uh, I'm backlogging. I think I can catch uh, go back and do all first season of Star Trek uh, TNG. I don't know if I can get original series that might be too far from my mind now to do it justice but maybe i'll make a, a top five of well maybe the there needs series. to be a, a blog i think if you, want, if, you, if you if you want to get really dorky you could have uh rj watches and that's your name of your blog so it's like rjwatches.blogspot.com and then you just like every every time you watch an episode you just log your review with like an accompanying image and you just say your your notes and then you give your star rating i think that would be and you can pick up a season three I mean, and, and, and I, you can and you can backdate. I think this my format would be perfect for uh, Twitter more than anything else. But well, uh, I mean, no one uses Twitter. It's all about Blogspot. It's all about Blogspot.com. That's, that's, that, that, that's where all that yeah, Google Google's behind that bad boy. You know they they I, bought it like you know in two thousand eight. <laughs> huh. I, I think I think I mean you look at the numbers. You gotta get mm-hmm. on get on the Tumblr. Oh well, I mean only prestige things are on Tumblr. Yeah. I mean, I could take over the Creeps Facebook like I took over the Creeps podcast with talks of Star Trek yeah. or, you know, anything else. But uh, that's currently where I'm at. And uh, those are my notes, just so you know. I know now. You know now. And uh, I'm glad I, I started now and not when it was too late. That's good. You figured it out. I, I'm getting there, bud. I'm I can't. I can't wait to get to DS9 because then we can like. I have my old notes for DS9. Well, so when I hit DS9, are you gonna watch along? I I, I would. I would probably not be rewatching. I would wait till you catch up to where I left off, which was season yeah. five. And then would you start watching Voyager and stuff after that oh, too? No, no way, man. <laughs> oh, hey, did you hear I, that? I, they... I, 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 that show sucks. I hate it. Okay, I hate it. That's fine. I, I'm gonna. I'll go to the distance. But uh, we never talked that uh, new one they have right now, Star Trek Discovery. They have a spinoff now. Did you hear about that? I did. Yeah, featuring Captain Pike. Yeah. I was actually surprised that uh, Rebecca Remain not Stamos anymore, but Re- Rebecca Remain was in that. I was like, shit, she's in Star Trek now. It's like I didn't know that. She's uh, number one. Yeah, she's number one, and it uh, that show's gonna f- have Pike and uh, young, bearded, horny uh, Spock. Yeah, everybody's horny now. That's that's what sells horniness. That's the Star Trek way. Yeah, horny Spock. So, anyways, that's a uh, Star Trek for me this week. Have you done any movie watching or I watched, entertainment? I watched business? two more episodes of uh, The Last Dance. Episode two is about uh, Scotty Pippen, and nice. episode three was the Rodman episode. Oh, sick! How were those? Good. It jumps yeah. around. Like, sometimes I don't like how it jumps around so much. Mm. Part of it is also like it seems like it's a big burial of uh, Jerry Krause, the uh, general manager. Yeah. yeah. He he because he was this you know he's a comical little man compared to these like giant athletes. And he's like, you know, admonishing them, it seems, or like, oh, he's like, I don't know. I, I'm assuming he's dead because the way they think he's not interviewed. So he, he might died at some point, I guess. But yeah, they, uh, see, they, they always attribute things to him <laughs> being like, mm. but like, he did some smart things, but people just didn't like him. And if you, he didn't like that people didn't respect him and that kind of line of uh, dialogue. I got you. I know that's like the general managers in general, right? In general. In general, that's what they are. Would you prefer that it was chronological? Mm, maybe it wouldn't work that way. Maybe they tried some things and they just went with like it, it does jump around a lot. But yeah. yes, you're like okay, that's what they're doing. That's fine. Okay, 
Yeah, I don't. I, I don't need to see them like through like the first three episodes. Oh, then they became rookies, and like you don't need to structure that way because they're kind of doing it as like the contemporary is the the ninety seven ninety eight season, okay. and, wh- and whether or not it's the, is, it, is this is Michael Jordan going to retire? Is is, is the team going to break apart? Like they, that's like kind of like the storyline, and then they do all this flashback stuff, and like they flush out how the team got to where it was. You get the mm-hmm. montage of like uh, Jordan's like early years of like with the bulls before they started getting the, the dream team together mm-hmm. and, you know, playing against Larry bird and like, like, you know, breaking records, like in single games, like whatever it was 63 points in one game, that sort of stuff mm-hmm. that I guess some people find interesting. I'm like, I'm like into it. Like, oh, okay. But then of course, like it's always weird how you, you can really take sports footage and edit it to tell whatever story you want. Cause there's like all mm-hmm. the boring things that no one's going to focus on. They're going to focus on the highlights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's a really strange thing. Uh, like the, the medium of sports as mm-hmm. like a packageable commodity because sure. th- th- that's all sports shows are. It's like they do like, here's like the 20 best plays of the day. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, there was 20 great plays of a single day. But like you watch these things and it's like, oh, that's pretty impressive. But you'll never remember it mm-hmm. unless it like it's like compounded by like other things that really, really mattered. Like, oh, if it wasn't that this wasn't made at this exact moment, the other team would have won or whatever. It's like yeah. it- it's curious. That's that's the thrill of sports, baby. You know, having to be there. Yeah, and Fo- I mean, FOMO? I think there, is it, there is are it, those it driven by FOMO. I think it is mostly, and there's definitely those guys who like whether it's their sport or their team, they will know all those like 20 highlights of that one sport or those that one team or something like that. Um, and there's just sports guys here, but that's maybe that's why the sports movie works so well no. because it's like you can just do highlights and not just show like you know when there's a timeout and. Mm, Nothing's really happened, even though that's in sports movies too. But no. you know what I mean. Drama. Drama. Uh, yeah, but that was about it for me. I, I, right. I, after uh, watching Corman movies for like an entire month, I really uh, I don't want to see a moving picture ever again. Interesting. Interesting. I agree with you. I mean, it's going to complicate the podcast, I guess. But uh... Well, you don't have a choice on that. Apparently. Friend. Mm. People count on us now. Uh, well, I guess, but I mean, that's just for for one thing that we do. Yeah, you could read a book. You could talk about that on the podcast if you want. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be like you. Why? <laughs> Books are a form of entertainment. You got any news? <laughs> Uh, let me see. I've just seen like on my Facebook feed, like another mention about order 66 from like Clone Wars stuff. Like it doesn't stop. Hey, I never did this to you. You I don't, you you did, but if you you hacked me or something, if it was, if it was somehow related to me and you, I would have these messages also, but I don't. Do you use an ad blocker? I do. Huh? Huh? Still nothing, eh? It's, they still break on through. In fact, uh, because of it, it's like made uh, some of these uh, these social media platforms on my desktop very tough to handle. Like they're very skippy. Like they're mm-hmm. always like I don't know. I feel like it's uh they're intentionally making me see ads that I don't want to see. Yeah, it's like uh, if you ever go to IGN with an ad blocker, it like stops you, and it's like, uh oh, yeah. it's like we see. Is like maybe you shouldn't. And it's like, yeah. Are you aware that you're using it? It's like, yeah, yeah, I, I know. 
That's the idea, bud. <laughs> bud. Huh. Well, that's uh, how many more episodes of Last Dance? Like six? Oh, I think it's like I think it's ten episodes. Oh, it's like shit. seven to go. I'm so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in no rush. It's not going yeah. anywhere. It's fine. So no news, huh? Uh, did you hear there's a, a new Star Trek show coming out? Yeah, I heard. I heard. Did you, what, did you hear you... Fred Willard died? Uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> Several weeks ago. Did you hear? Um, <laughs> what else can I? Did you hear? Let's go to the internet. Boop. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. Boop. Someone posted a picture of Mel Gibson looking pretty jacked. He's always been jacked. What's the issue? Well, he's like, yeah, he's looking pretty good. He's always looked good. A man of his age. Is this news? I, I, I've i just assumed he's always looked good. I don't know what these other people are just discovering for the first time. Uh, let's see. Godzilla versus Kong officially rated PG-13 for intense sequences of creature violence and brief violence. Brief violence. That doesn't sound good. Uh, Cinemark won't require movie growers to wear masks. Sounds bad. Um, uh, you know, I was just thinking about uh, like before COVID, Justin mm-hmm. Peterson wrote in asking, "Hey, what movies are you looking forward to <laughs> this year?" It's and it's like, well, you know, nothing. plans changed. Well, I mean, they're still planning we, we to were, release we, Tenet. We, we were so innocent back then. I know. I know. They're still planning to re- release Tenet next month, I think, but I don't know what that's going to be like. Yeah. I mean, that would be kind of a bummer not to be able to see uh, the new Christopher Nolan. I know. Oliver Granger's what? favorite director. Of course. His new movie in theater. Of course. That everyone's well, going to on, be on Reddit talking about. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, did you know that Tenet is like the same forwards and backwards? There should be a I name did. for that thing. I, I bet there's going to be some kind of ring theory uh, to this movie about how the movie itself is cyclical. It might blow some minds. It might. It might blow some butts, too, if you know what I mean. Hey, is that Vivarium anywhere streaming? I don't know. Let me uh, let me do, 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 do it. Vivarium. That's that Emogen Poots movie, right? Yeah, with uh, Lex Luthor. Max Luthor in Emogen Poots. It is available for purchase on Google Play or for rent, Google Play, YouTube, and Apple TV. Oh, okay. So it is out there. It's got a 72 on the Tomato site. Uh, and it's got a 5.8 on IMDb. Want me to write off some more ratings for you? Let's see. Have you ever heard of a movie called Parasite? Apparently it has good ratings. It's got a crown on it. Don't know what that means. Ever heard of Ocean's Eleven, Jarrett? Uh, yeah. Apparently there are 275,000 people on Letterboxd who have seen it. Does that interest you? <sighs> No. It's got 1.1 thousand fans. <laughs> only fans, though. What do you think that some of So, yeah, only fans. Uh, let's see. Let's go to a random user. Let's go to um, a kid named Dre3. Favorite films include Lucky Number 11, Ocean's 11, Pulp Fiction, and About Time. 
so there you go cool pretty wild well i think that's enough chit chat sure we sure. gave them what they want now we have to deliver on the product itself we've never done that after the break <laughs> we pack into a room and read contracts I thought you were going to say we were going to eat some duck soup. And play the harp. The what? And do some stunts. The who? Overrated. Stunts? Yes, with your back to me. When I invite a woman to dinner, I expect her to look at my face. That's the price she has to pay. You checked, sir. Nine dollars and forty cents? This is an outrage. If I were you, I wouldn't pay it. Stuart? Ah, come right ahead. Hey, Stuart. 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 the food! Been waiting all the food. afternoon You're fired, do you understand? You're fired. Hey, you big bully. What's the idea of hitting that little bully? Will you kindly let me handle my own affairs? Get out. Now, what do you got to say to me? Just this. Can you sleep on your stomach with such big buttons on your pajamas? Why, you... And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. 
And tonight we're delving into that Laserdisc collection with Spine 31, I believe. Yes, it's still, still Spine 31 as we jump around every quarter of our, our episodes, every 25, I guess. Is that the pattern? Yeah, it has been. Oh, it's, it, we, it's what it's solidified as, I guess, at this point. So, I mean, can't wait for Scaramouche in like, oh, oh, like six months. At least it's a fun thing to say. Scaramouche. Yeah. Yeah, that movie that no one wants at all. No one. Nobody wanted any of this, but we're doing it. But do they want A Night at the Opera from 1935, directed by Sam Wood? The I mean, t- I don't know. The tagline, RJ. Yeah. Don't miss it. The funniest picture ever made. At the time or? I don't or... know. I, I'm pretty sure most comedies might have made such claims. Because then people go, well, why would the poster lie? <laughs> That's I mean, false that's advertisement. It's a good point. Look at all the things that we've realized doing this podcast. Look at this. Look at this. Wonderful. The synopsis. The Marx Brothers take on high society and the opera world to bring two lovers together. A sly business manager and two wacky friends of two opera singers help them achieve success while humiliating their stuffy and snobbish enemies. Are they snobbish? Uh, They're hoity. Are they stuffy, though? A little toity. I Mm. mean, the one guy is. Which one? Uh, the, the one opera singer guy. Gilberto? Yes. Yeah. Whatever that guy's name is. He's the kind of guy who thinks his farts don't stink, RJ. Uh, excuse me, but we can all agree that that is just a human thing. Am I right? I mean, most people probably find them funny. Their own. Farts? Unless they have, I mean, there is also shame. I mean, everyone should feel shame. That's what makes people great. But uh, you know, whatever. This is—we're talking about the opera, Jarrett. This is a night this is a laser at disc. the opera. Laser discs, uh huh. The size of vinyl records, loading them up into your player, firing mm-hmm. up. You know, people are like, you know what? I want a little bit of Marx Brothers in my life. RJ, sure. What, what do you know about those Marx Brothers? Have you seen before today a Marx Brother picture? Nope. Why is that? Because I didn't care. Why? I know who the Marx Brothers are. I've seen snippets of or clips from Marx Brothers things. Uh, growing up, my grandparents were always uh, Abbott and Costello fans, and that's what we watched in that house. Not this Marx Brothers baloney, or definitely not no Three Stooges. Definitely not no Three Stooges. So, uh, I mean, in terms of the comedy... Uh, groups. Yeah, we were an Abbott and Costello family, so uh, okay. we didn't get a lot of Marx Brothers. Okay, I see. Yeah. Uh, do, do you did you know that they were in fact brothers? Are they actually though, or they is are, this the they way are, that like they are the white actually, stripes? They, are they, they they are actually brothers. Okay, that's the, cool. I guess there's five of them. Where are the other two? Uh, well, Zeppo. <laughs> For one, mm-hmm. uh, Gummo. Well, so they were in the Paramount movies, and then finally they dropped Zeppo because they're like, uh, Zeppo doesn't got it. Are those their real names? <laughs> what do you think? 
Well, I mean, Harpo and Groucho and Chico, so, they, let, they let, let, so, so they're Leonard Joseph Chico Marx. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Arthur Harpo Marx. Mm-hmm. We have Julius Henry Marx. That's Groucho. And uh, Milton Marx was Gummo. And Herbert Manfred Zeppo Marx. So, uh, so Zeppo, I understand. What about the other one? What happened to him? He was he an accountant or something? Just no, wasn't he, was, an he, actor? he was. He was also uh, one of the the vaudevillain family members. Uh, hmm. But he just, uh, you know, he didn't quite uh, fit into the their movie picture st- side of things. Hmm. Well, I mean, it is what it is. You can tell Chico and Harpo are brothers. Well, apparently, like. Once you actually take their wigs off, uh, mm-hmm. like the, the 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 scare wig of Harpo, and uh, mm-hmm. strip them down, they like apparently look a lot alike. They have the same receding yeah. hairlines. Um, in the, I think it's Duck Soup. They have the the mirror gag, where mm-hmm. uh, it's basically they think they're looking at a mirror, but it's one another, and they do mm-hmm. a, sh- a shtick. And it's like yeah, and it was actually Chico, I think, and like you can't tell them apart. Yeah. Once once yeah, you, Chico once, and Harpo. Yeah. But once you put the uh, once you put the grease paint on that mustache, mm-hmm. you just can't tell. Why don't you tell me about that mustache a little bit? The, what the, is the uh, the intent with this uh, grease stash? The grease stash? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he didn't want to actually have a mustache when uh, in the early days, so he mm-hmm. just he just painted it on. Is that kind of like what you do? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I was curious. I didn't really, I wasn't interested enough to Google it. Or by interested, I mean, I didn't have the energy to do it. Um, but anyways, yeah, so uh, I wasn't a big Marx Brothers guy, but I know that you're an old man and you you like that Buster Keaton, um, you like that Chaplin, you like all those guys. Do uh, these guys fit in there? Oh, yeah, they absolutely do. And I mean, what's significant with the Marx Brothers, I guess, is that these are guys that did not exist in the silent era for obvious reasons, because I think uh, a really important element of their act is to be able to hear them. The banter? Yeah, because they, they're, they're a stage act that kind of they would do these shows like so uh, i'm i don't want i don't want to be a patronizing person so are oh you familiar are you, are you familiar with vaudeville like the uh i i remember the fellini uh dip yeah. into that thing yeah variety lights was that called yes yeah. i still don't know what vaudeville is but i i'm familiar with the name so yeah i mean you can explain to other people yeah, though they might not know it's kind of like you know what you know that scene in the prestige <laughs> You know how they have like everything's happening on a stage and there's curtains and uh, mm-hmm. movies didn't quite exist. They were kind of around, but they were like, you'd go to the Nickelodeon. Uh, <laughs> so people would actually see actors perform on the stage. To what end? So, but so vaudeville is, they were like for comedy purposes. Like these were not yeah. operas. Yeah. These were not like dramas. We're not doing Strindsburg here. We're, we're, this is uh, like, you know, this is buffoonery. Making yeah. people laugh. <clears throat> What's that like? I don't know. I mean, I, I, sometimes I hear people laugh when they hear us uh, mowing the lawn. I mean, what does that tell you? That uh, yard work is uh, tiresome. And, and, and standards are low. Not stimulating. Yeah, standards have always been low. That's the only reason that we've been as uh, globally successful as uh, we are. I believe. 
Yeah. So yeah. Okay, so, so I so, still don't know what vaudeville is, but continue. Well, it's it's uh it's just a fancy way. It's a classy way of saying co- comedy men. Comedy men. So you said it was like the prestige. Is that like the abracadabra thing? Is there a lot of executions on uh, the stage in that, vaudeville? Like no, that'd be more of the grand guignol. Oh, uh, I haven't seen that. A the- there's no theater of cruelty here. But I guess I guess uh, Groucho Marx is uh, kind of an acidic person who rips into people, and that was part of his shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you read through that Wikipedia recap of uh, the history of these guys, oh sure, and, and, yeah. and, and their shtick, and how like you know they were just kind of like general comedians, but then over time they started honing it down. Because um, I guess the the Groucho character just started like becoming very snide, and this got better, mm-hmm. more and more over, and then they just kept playing into that, and. I mean, you can kind of see that. So they they make four movies for Paramount, which I've got right here in this box set that I'm showing you that no Nerd. one else can see. The S- Silver Screen Collection. I haven't upgraded to a Blu-ray yet. You're such a nerd. Yeah, I mean, you got yeah, you got movies like the Animal Crackers, Coconut or Coconuts, Monkey mm-hmm. Business, Horse Feathers, Duck Soup, and uh, I mean, they basically made versions of these via play before they got mm. adapted into film. So they kind of worked out all the kinks and tried to like refine these shows. And then they started making movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how would you say this? The, the so, movies, the movies, the pictures, the move, the motion yeah. pictures. Yeah. So yeah, the, 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 so the, the, they would do both. And then they became <laughs> movie star, like movie star comedian actors uh, yeah. that I guess like most people were very, very familiar with. And I still think we're pretty, I have no idea what the, how they're received at this point in time, because I mean, people don't know who Roger Corman is. Uh, maybe they're like, what's the, these Marx brothers? I mean, Groucho Marx, I think probably is like Charlie Chaplin levels of famous. Um, I don't know if people watch Duck Soup longingly at this point in time, other than it's often in those like top 10 comedies AFI does like mm-hmm. without fail. What is it here? Actually, in fact, five of the Marx Brothers' 13 feature films were selected by the American Film Institute as among the top 100 film comedies, with two of them, Duck Soup and Night at the Opera, in the top 15. So did you know, RJ, that mm-hmm. Night at the Opera is in the top 15 comedies, according to the American Film Institute? Of what time and era? Uh, whenever they would have done that particular list probably the last time they would have done it like 2007 um do you want to know what's in that do do, do, do you want to to hear what's in that list i'd love to okay wait on man so number 15 the philadelphia story directed by george cooker you you love it number 14 hilarious bringing up baby directed by howard hawks number 13 (sighs) young frankenstein by old mel brooks Hilarious. Number 12, A Night at the Opera, directed by old Sam Wood himself. It's about time. Number 11, The Producers. From old of Mel, course. From Big Mel. Sure. The other Big Mel. Airplane mm-hmm. from the Zuckers and Abra- Abrahams. The Graduate. The it, Dustin Hoffman movie? Yep. It Happened One Night, Frank Capra. MASH from Bob Altman, who we're going to be uh, watching next week. Blazing Saddles from Mel Brooks. Look at that. Three Mel Brooks in the top 15. And and there's there's Duck Soup. Okay. And Annie Hall. Dr. Strangelove. 
Tootsie. <laughs> and number one, Some Like It Hot. This is fucking list written by an 88-year-old man. Like, what is this? This came out in 2007? I think so. That's... Or was or, uh, 2000, it looks like. 2000. Even 2000. so, get bent, man. I don't, I don't know if they're... <laughs> well, you, you ain't going to put any Adam Sandler movies in there? Come on. You're not going to have Half-Baked by Dave Chappelle on your top comedy list, Jared? What about Basketball? Nope. This is the highlight of the comedy reel. I don't know about you. I've mentioned before. I think Mel Brooks is fine, but it's like I get... I find the amount of uh, love that is put onto him. It's like, yeah, I, I realize when Mel Brooks movies came out. But like nowadays, it's like, do, does anyone actually think that affectionately about these movies that is under the age of 65? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. That isn't a pretentious nerd boy who listens to Criterion podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Old grandpas. Mm-hmm. It is grandpa stuff. Well, that list is uh, ridiculous. Uh, but, I mean, it's not surprising. I've heard those things talked about all the time. All the time? How many of those have you seen? A good chunk. I've seen the Mel Brooks ones. I've seen uh, that other shit you were talking about. Not the Marx <laughs> Brothers ones, I'll tell you that much. Was Tootsie on there? Yeah. I've seen parts of Tootsie. I haven't seen the whole movie, though. Okay. Is Tootsie in the Criterion Collection? Uh, yes. Well, so I'll, I'll see it eventually then, I you guess. Will, you will see it eventually. I'll see it again. But <laughs> that's for another day. Today, <laughs> we're talking about Otis B. Driftwood. Okay. So uh, we're introduced to Otis B. Driftwood. Uh, he's supposed to be meeting a wealthy dowager, uh, Mrs. Claypool. Wow. Uh, and he apparently has stood her up, and she's wanting to know where he is. A waiter is sent, dispatched to find him, and there he is sitting right behind her, having uh, breakfast, dinner with another woman. And uh, we were introduced immediately to, if you have never seen a Marx Brother movie, uh, the, the Groucho Marx shtick, where he talks a mile a minute, Talk, running circles around these people, talk like kind of uh, sweet talking and backhandedly insulting them at a rapid sure. clip. Uh, were you uh, using subtitles while watching this, RJ? I wasn't until that scene. Well, that is the first scene. I started them, I think, as soon as the movie started then. Yeah. No, I think I was like a minute in or something, and then I was like, oh, I should turn the subtitles on. So I did pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, there's some uh, that that vintage 1935 sound recording going on. It's <laughs> a little warbly. Things are a little went off, and when everyone's talking to that sort of a uh, transatlantic voice, and then you also have the Grouch, uh, the Marx Brothers um, cadence. Sometimes the, mm. it's a mile a minute, and you don't want to miss all of Harpo's lines. Harpo's the best. Uh, he's the most eloquent and. Uh, articulate of the bunch i think 90 percent of communication is body language jared it's yeah. nonverbal. so this this otis b driftwood also uh-huh. an alias of uh characters in rob zombie movies wow i uh wow i didn't even piece that together the whole time i was like otis driftwood i was like <laughs> Ruf- why is that rufus t firefly they're all uh groucho Marx pseudonyms they, oh, they, they literally say it fine. in the movies. <laughs> what, in the Rob Zombie movies? Yeah, they explicitly yeah, say it. 
Do you do you think that I was watching those movies with a fucking pen and like pad and I was like, oh yeah. I was like, I was like, no, I was watching those things with my head in the clouds, man. Like all all movies I watch. See, see Rob Zombie's definitely not sixty five years old, and he he knows about those Marx Brothers. He's how old do you how old do you think he is? Rob Robert Zombie. I guarantee. I'm not even. I, I'm looking away. I bet he's sixty two. He is uh fifty five. A spry that's, 55. That's still old enough that he's an old man. How old are you? 48? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. So anyway, no. Zordis has got this grift going on. He's convinced uh-huh. this clay pool that I've got the connections and I'm gonna I'm gonna manage you and marry you, my love. Uh we're gonna get you we're gonna get you into high society, get you the respect you deserve. We're gonna get you uh, buying into this guy, this uh Herman Gottlieb's opera company and all mm-hmm. it's going to cost you is what is it uh two two hundred thousand or something like that something like that yeah uh, which like that's a lot of money in 1935 i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i mean yeah i was actually surprised because when uh i think that was when i turned subtitles on because i heard him say it and i thought he said twenty thousand. i was like yeah that's probably about right and then it popped up two hundred thousand. i was like whoa is that such a thing exist at that no. time? What's going on here? And I just want to point out that uh, we're usually in comedies, the plots mean nothing. But, I mean, it's, again, as we've talked about many times before, talking about comedy in itself is very difficult because... <laughs> it can be. They're going to bust out, here are my favorite quotes. So yeah. this does have a plot. It has more of a plot than, I guess, most of the Marx Brothers movies. That's kind of one of the uh, criticisms that... Marxists have oh, <laughs> against this is because it's too formulaic. Uh, get bent. Come on, guys. Uh, don't don't do that. Jeez. Yeah. So anyway, so oh, the whole geez. so obviously uh Otis has also got his uh his side hustle going on with Gottlieb, kind of like, hey, I'm gonna get you hooked up with this so you can get this this big time opera singer, Rodolfo Lasparri, um, the greatest tenor since Caruso. What do you what do you feel? How do you feel about Caruso, RJ? You a fan? I mean, I I I know many tenors that uh, I like more. Uh, Pavarotti being one of them, he is a way better tenor. Uh, and then there's this one guy. I think his name's Robert Zombie. That dude's a wicked tenor. I really like that guy. So uh, yeah, there's a B plot to this, which is also a, a criticism of the Marx Brothers films, where they're like, well, you can't just do the Marx Brothers shtick. You got to have like something to bring in the 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 ladies in the the cheap seats. Got to be like, oh, you got to have a love story. So mm-hmm. usually there's a bunch of boring people. Yep. Uh, in this case, we have chorister Ricardo Baroni, um, and his yep. best friend, who is uh, Fiorello, that is Chico, uh, who, who is uh, this this Jewish man doing his his Bronx Italian persona. <laughs> that uh, I don't know. I. Chico, I will say, is my favorite of the Marx Brothers <laughs> because he, yeah. he he is, I don't know, his brand of stupid is so good. I don't know. I, I, I really love a brilliant, stupid character, if that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, you're talking, what, what's your favorite Chico thing? The duplicates thing with the... Oh, man. Or just just him in general. Just, I like uh, his, him just talking, his riffing, like yeah. uh, especially in the uh, the Paramount movies more because of of the oh, 
I'm keeping, I gotta keep track of this. This is the Warner, or this is MGM. So this is the MGM era. I've only seen this. I, I don't know if I've seen a, a day at the races, but I've, I have seen um, now all of the Paramount stuff. And they get like the first ones are pretty rough. They're they're not particularly good, but they get they get better and better as they kind of get their uh, formula down. Um, and I will say, I, I I really actually do like Night at the Opera. I genuinely laughed out loud at like the strangest things in this because this is like I don't even I don't know they they do they do some things really really well. But getting back to the plot, so oh, right. <laughs> Fiorello, yes. he he he's like they're they're all like. Tra- like, trash people they're just like they're they're scamsters they're always like they're always in it for 10 percent. they're they always <laughs> want their cut and they're uh always swindling which is also uh going to endear me but you know they're like almost like too good of guys in this because in the previous films they just like rip everybody they are like they are agents of chaos in the world uh just basically to give everyone like what for and this though they're like no we're kind of like in the pocket of the heroes like we're like the we're going to help out and you're going to watch us do our our bits that we've uh kind of figured out be it the the state room scene or uh Mm -hmm. the 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 more like kind of a the contract scene that uh I guess I should also mention I guess I didn't mention this when I was asking you about your Marx Brothers experience so Mm -hmm. I found out about the Marx Brothers uh, just through like watching, like I was one of those weird kids that yep. would watch super old, like black and white stuff when it came up on TV. And I kind of knew who the Marx brothers were because of Looney Tunes. Cause I would, oh, okay. cause I would yeah. see those things. And I was like, who are these guys? Like this, this Groucho Marx guy is like pretty f- weird and funny. He talks, mm-hmm. he talks odd. He's got the glasses and the, the mustache. And there's like kind of like the iconic, like Groucho Marx costume that people like, it's like glasses attached to a big nose and uh, a mustache. And you're like, mm-hmm. what is that? Oh, that must be really cool. That must be really good. And I remember it must've been like on a Christmas day on like one, some channel or other. And they were playing Marx brothers stuff. And I was like, Oh my God. Like as a little kid, this is mm-hmm. amazing. Like, this is so cool. It's like these, like it's the old timey things like from a different era. Like everything sounds weird and like seems just a little bit off. It, it feels like wizard of Oz, but it seems more chaotic. There was something off mm-hmm. about it. And then, um, years later, like when I was in, high school i was reading the comic book cerebus and in cerebus oh, okay. about yeah. halfway through volume one there's this they introduced this character called lord julius and i'm reading it i'm like what what's happening here and i'm reading this i'm like why does he talk like this and like when you're reading comics most times like they're not very well written and the characters all kind of sound mm-hmm. alike but I remember that was one of those comics where I'm reading and I was like, why is he talking like this? And I'm like trying to figure out what this, what's going on. And then I start realizing, cause they start introducing other characters like, and I'm like realizing, holy shit, like service is just using like the Marx brothers and like they're, mm-hmm. they're like their actual characters in the story now. And he's doing the shtick. Cause obviously Dave Sim is a huge Marx brothers fan. And I'm like, fuck, this is like amazing. Like, and he like nails the shticks like really well and kind of extrapolates based on watching the movies, how they would actually mm-hmm. talk and figures it all out. So it's amazing. So I have like a real soft spot, I guess, for this stuff because of, sense, it's, it's, it's grandpa I guess. 
Mm-hmm. And like I do think that like some of the some of the material they do, I mean, for what they were doing in 1935, is it's pretty great stuff. Uh, and like they do the I don't know Harpo as a character is terrifying his face like i don't know if it comes through so much in this one but there's like stills and the way people like you see photographs of him he just looks like this like imp from hell that's just like Mm -hmm. but he's like so harmless but he's so menacing uh people say about me dude that is what they say all the all the all the police reports not 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 enough to charge well i mean (laughs) maybe i'm uh hey shut up tell me more about the marx brothers so anyway (laughs) marx brothers um so anyway driftwood and ferrello they're uh Mm -hmm. they they come up with a scheme and they're like oh hey i can help you and you can help me you're because he thinks that fiorello is the manager to uh laspari but Mm -hmm. fiorello is like doesn't want to play to that again you how can you explain this stuff so much of this is completely driven by the dialogue and the exchange Mm -hmm. of the characters uh you're either going to like think it's amazing or the drizzling shits (laughs) Um, uh the white sorry (laughs) quote the drizzling shits (laughs) Wow! Did I? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep yep. going with that. So anyway, yeah. uh, they all eventually like. So sometimes the movies open up with the Marx Brothers all on the same page. Other times it's about them coming together because they don't know one another until mm-hmm. the movie begins, uh, and they navigate the whatever the the villain is that they're trying to undermine. Um, so the mm-hmm. movie starts in Italy. Uh, it's definitely a place in the world that exists. Cause there's like some comment earlier on about like how they're in this country illegally. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, <laughs> what's this about? It's like, it seems like, cause they take a boat uh, and then they go to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they do. Uh, they set sail from Italy to New York, which you could completely miss. I think I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's explicit other than they have to, they're taking an ocean liner. So the first part of the movie is like in Italy, there's a whole scene at the docks. You get some like long prolonged singing <laughs> bit <laughs> where characters are uh, lip synced uh, to old timey opera. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get the ocean liner segment of the movie. Um, yep. We keep thinking, where's this night at the opera I've been hearing about? And of course, it's like, well, that's the climax of the movie, and I think, mm-hmm. it do- and it does, uh, I think, pay off well enough. Um, sure. There's also uh, in the the role playing game system, Delta Green, uh, the, the the reference of a night at the opera is when shit goes down. Everything that you just said in that last <laughs> sentence is so incredibly great it's just it's it's good it's good that you're being you bud uh you know it's it's like because like my nebula of like <laughs> things i'm interested in they yeah. all they all love the marx brothers i i i'm i'm well yeah. aware it's, it's as i've said many times and as you've pointed out you are an old grandpa i'm a grandpa and, uh, at heart. that's fine that's fine there's nothing wrong with that so yeah. you're like Wimbledon Green or whatever the hell you're talking about, your board games and your Seth comics and your uh, your Marx Brothers. Like I know that they all listen to my forty, all, listening to my forty fives. Yeah, your forty fives and having a ski op with the doodops and uh, having a little lollipop and whatever other jargon and you're talking having about. Having a having a malt, having a malt with the kids. You know, I like malt, and I I, egg, I got egg malt. cream. Egg cream. That's what it is called. 
I was trying to think about that for a while. Do you make egg creams at home? I have not. You should try. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. So we get like one of the the big set pieces of this is the stateroom scene uh, involving a giant suitcase going into a very small room because like you do keep thinking, oh, that's the joke. Because first you see a very small room, and of course uh, mm-hmm. Groucho is, uh, or I said Otis is uh, perturbed that he's being shunted aside in this tiny little space, mm-hmm. um, and then he has this gigantic suitcase uh, delivered. And there's people inside of it. And you're thinking, oh, well, this can't get any more ridiculous. You keep thinking they're going to leave. But, oh, no. For the next, what, five minutes? Like, it keeps building. And then a man comes to take an order. And you're thinking, like, oh, there's, like, this thing where a man keeps asking for two hard-boiled eggs and (laughs) wanting more and more eggs. And there's a a horn honking. And you're like, oh, make that another hard-boiled egg. And it keeps building and building. And then you think, okay, the scene's done. But, no, it's not done. It continues on as people start come arriving to the space, and then people yeah. keep effortlessly entering the space, and then everyone's like, "This is fine. This is acceptable. This is the way things it is." And I think that's like one of the the brilliance of great comedy. I think is the acceptance of the situation and just going beyond and be like just keeping going beyond that. Um, they're not right. not calling attention to yourself. the The irony age that we live in now would deflate jokes immediately um this has that mm-hmm. like there's times where it's like the character like literally like groucho marx looks at the audience and like they makes like he references like that, that we were watching a movie and you shouldn't take any of this seriously but mm-hmm. everyone else everyone in, in the scene though they, they know where that fine line is and that, this is where like i think honing down that comedy down to like a uh uh a fine craft an artisanal film craft uh is is truly on display (laughs) sure yeah why not sure why not it's it's fine artisan artisan uh then we get some scenes on the boat uh of performance Uh because you get to see that hey these are all like like you know soft soft taught trained uh musicians and Mm -hmm. stage performers harpo got his name from playing the harp um and groucho marx is a going guitar and chico Whatever the fuck you would have been on, but yeah, they were, they're all like they were lifelong performers and they work crowds and they knew what they mm-hmm. were doing. So you get a little showcase of that and people all smiling. It's a variety show, you know. Mm-hmm. All those yeah, lights. sure, sure. And then finally, I know variety, absolutely. Uh-huh. It's, the, it's the spice of life. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, there's there's bearded men, and then there's there's uh, yeah. there is snatched beards and yep. uh, impersonations. And accusations, mm-hmm. and then we finally uh, we, they arrive in New York, and everyone's like, "Ah, we've we've fleeced these rich guys. We've made it big." And they're like, "Get the fuck out!" <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, get the fuck out! Get the fuck out yourself!" And <laughs> this turns into the night at the opera where they show up to sabotage uh, the Il Travatore, the the debut mm-hmm. of Las Pari, and um, sure, and hijinks ensues. So. That all being said, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I I don't know. There's a, the scene where I just like started like laughing quite a lot was because uh, the, there's a lot of blows to heads. There's a lot uh-huh. of there's a lot of concussions being dealt out, and sure. uh, there's a bit where there's like, oh hey, a problem's come up. The Marx Brothers address, and Harpo just produces his shoe, and he's like holding it. And he's like, yeah, hit him in the head, and I was just like, I don't know. I thought that's just like amazing because I'm like, yeah, just just beat him up, <laughs> just beat his head in. And you're like, that's the solution to all things. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we got to go back to that, RJ. You know, 
Um, just just <laughs> beating people inside the head until they're unconscious. Then like then there's like fuck even earlier when um the one stagehand was it Gottlieb? No, it was Laspari. He's just like unconscious on the ground, and then I think uh, Chico comes across him and he puts his foot mm-hmm. on him and stands there with his hands on his hips and then Groucho shows up oh well, what are you doing here and then he puts his foot on him and they're like yep and they're just, they're just standing there and I'm like that's incredible like you n- never get anything like that now in comedy it's it's a completely different era um, how it's aged I don't know I, I can't wait to read the who hates mm. of uh, Night of the Opera but okay uh, yeah so are you saying that you don't get that level of attention to um like a James Franco comedy? It's it's so it's just different. It's just a, they right. they they would not arrive at those conclusions. Every comedy troupe's different though. Like mm-hmm. every every generation's going to have its own idiom and uh that comedy and comedy's the harshest one. It's not going to age well. Uh, mm-hmm. last our last episode we did uh we did a, a gourmet thing, and we talked mm. about uh, a film called Gas, which is yes. a, a hippie comedy, and it's like horrendous. Like mm-hmm. it, it's super unfunny. Um, it didn't I mean I don't think it worked for either one of us. No. And uh, it was like, man, this is just lazy shit. And uh, I mean, it's very improvised though, and like kind of like that was part of the time though. And I'm sure that a lot of people watching it in drive-ins in a van in a cloud of pot were like laughing their asses off just like uh, a bunch of people and they're like fine fine dresses and fine suits watching marx brothers uh <laughs> in a grand theater were laughing their tushes off their what tushes my god i'm trying, trying i know <laughs> I'm covering my face in shame but uh anyway yeah like, how, how can you not bust a gut with that contract scene we've all been there right are you talking about the first party uh, in the contract that should be known as yeah. the first party, or is this a different party that you're referring uh, to? I don't know. Okay, it's a sanity clause, I believe. It built, that's the big old payoff, which has been referenced in Alan Moore comics. And, uh, oh, so you, you're not kidding about the super nerd stuff, hey? This is uh, in man. all of your realm of uh, it's in, it's things. Up, it's up in all of it, man. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Very. Wait, what were we talking about? Uh, hey, RJ. So uh, I, I love this shit. What do you, what do you yep. think of A Night at the Opera? Well, Jer, uh, where do you stand on Abbott and Costello? Uh, I've only actually seen uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, and I thought it was pretty good. Very charming. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's uh that was my basis, right? Like that's what I I don't think there's any like I don't think my grandparents were even hard set on just them, but it was like in a time early '90s when uh, VCRs were like a new thing, and you only like bought the shit that you really liked. So all the VHS VHSs they had, they had the whole set of Abbott and Costello. So we burned through that quite a bit. So that was like my foray into that and the only reason i bring that up is because i feel like that and three stooges and the marx brothers for a not 80 year old man like myself Mm -hmm. um i feel like they can get chunked together even though i'm sure there's some guy out there listening to this who's like he's just like oh you couldn't be more wrong the marx brother and i get it 
Oh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that like uh, the same these these the 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 fans of like the Marxist great comedy. Oh, they they would I can't I can't imagine that they'd hate Abbott and Costello, but maybe they did because yeah. they were like, oh, this is like that Franco and Rogan shit. Like it'd be whatever. Yeah. Like Judd Apatow, who is also a fan of the Marx Brothers. Well, I mean that makes sense, but it's like remember, uh, remember when Neil was dressed as uh, Groucho Marx for Halloween on Freaks and Geeks. I do actually remember that because uh, Andrea has uh, – that's one of her uh, go-tos and uh, she watches Freaks and Geeks like every couple of years or so. So um, I do remember that and I was like, hey, it's a Marx Brothers because actually, you know what even, uh, when I was watching this, uh, Andrea's like, what's the movie? And I was like, it's a Marx Brothers one and she's like, oh, OK, OK because she knew what it was even. She's never seen any of them but she knew exactly who it was, which I think is like a long – like, I mean, whatever. Uh, but anyways – so the only reason I bring that up is because it's like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm aware of the the scene, the uh, the gib, the jib, the jive, if you will. Um, I know that people probably would expect me to like either not care or to dump on it, but uh, I actually thought it was pretty enjoyable. Like I actually liked it quite a bit. I don't like it in this maybe necessarily the same way that you do i think where uh, a lot of the jokes are busting your gut and whatever that weird thing you said about having a sniff or something or whatever it was you said something weird and creepy uh, uh laughing my tush off uh no it wasn't that maybe it was in the <laughs> preamble you were talking about like oozing things or something like that <laughs> what? Uh, i don't remember it was there I, I said hey, you. Do you know that uh, Queen's album, A Night at the Opera, is named after this movie? Is it, though? It is. Because they, oh, okay. they have another one called A Day at the Races. And is that one also? Uh, Yeah. I, yeah. Freddie Mercury is a, a Marx guy. Mm. I find that debatable. Um but I mean, I have I have no idea, so I'll take your word for it. Uh, no, I thought it was good, man. Um, it's like I said, some of the comedy definitely doesn't land for me, uh, which is fine. But uh, I thought on the whole, as a movie, I thought it was enjoyable. And there were a few jokes that I actually thought were pretty funny. Like, um, they're really in a spaghetti. And I think that's kind of funny. So there's like character introductions around spaghetti and there's like food scenes around spaghetti. You see that man and- over there? See that man over there? No. And it's just it, – no, it's just a huge thing of spaghetti. It's like behind the spaghetti. Uh, I think that that's like kind of humor that, say, Seth MacFarlane uh, of Family Guy fame, I think that's the kind of shit that he does too where it's like the cutaway to like something ridiculous. Uh, I mean Family Guy does weirder stuff but like you know what I mean? No. I actually thought that was a pretty high-quality joke and then the recurrence of spaghetti over and over, I was like, yes. I'm on board with this spaghetti thing. Uh, I find the humor to be a lot of, um, and so it's like I said, I do like the Abbott and Costello stuff. That's what I'm nostalgic for. So I can see why you're nostalgic for, uh, Marx brothers. If this is what you watched. I, but um, see, I didn't watch, see, I should be clear. You're, you're I, I didn't familiar? get to, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get to watch this stuff. Cause it was like, okay. I mean, there's only like the movies really. And then like, cause okay. I mean, Groucho Marx like goes on to like having like, like a solo career. Cause eventually the, they kind of like, the brothers break apart like they just start to like hate mm. each other i guess i don't know like sure. the whole story of like how they just like they just don't want to work with one another at all anymore but uh yeah. groucho definitely has like he has his own tv show 
mm-hmm. like for uh, a period of time. Like, like he, Joni Chachi kind of show, or uh, like he's you bet your life. Uh, mm. uh, but sounds t- violent. Tell it to Groucho. What were they about? Were they reality shows? Well, no, it or? was it was a comedy quiz show. Uh, you bet oh. your life. Yeah, like if you if you look it up, there's like the the ducks got the 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 bow tie, cigar, and glasses, and the eyebrows. Hmm. And yeah, no, he was like a he became sort of more of like a a fixture, I guess, going forward. Hmm. I mean, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I always thought his mustache was real. Well, I eventually, it became today. real. It's a. I do like how like um rigid isn't the right word but like how um how it's like an actual rectangle Mm -hmm. and it like just cuts out and then cuts down i think it looks nice that way which is cool uh what was i gonna say oh yeah so a lot of the comedy i find it's kind of similar to like abbott and casella stuff where it's like wordplay yeah it's wordplay and it's like it's this until it's that or remember this know that like they'll bring something up it'll be like do you know this and they're like yeah yeah sure i know that and it's like forget that and then it like just kind of throws it away the one line that stuck out to me like not that i i didn't actually laugh at it but it just kind of like really stuck in my head for some reason he's he's like talking and talking he's like do you follow me and she's like yeah i follow you he's like okay don't follow me or else i'm gonna call the cops and then he like keeps going it's very much like that kind of stuff where it's you bring something up and then you switch it right right away afterwards uh one that I did like was um, when he when he's in that scene and he's ordering about 400 uh, boiled eggs, mm-hmm. cool hand Luke style. Uh, and he's he's talking about like a steak or something. And he's like, make the steak uh, well done, medium rare and blue rare or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like humor like that where it's like make it up, down, left and right. Like that kind of stuff where it's you're you're giving like too many parameters that nothing could ever fit that kind of thing. And it's like, I, I understand that. That's a... Uh, a comedy bit. <laughs> you recognize this as comedy. I, I say I recognize this as comedy, and it's like I said, there were there were things that I laughed at, like within those bits themselves, and then there were things that I didn't laugh at. So I was like, I I did understand. It. I was like, yeah, I see why this is popular, and I was like, I think it actually holds up a lot better than other comedy things that we've watched. Uh, like say, what you know what people will review bomb the shit out of this. I don't give a fuck. Monty Python, I think this holds up better than like a lot of Monty Python stuff. And uh, what we talked about earlier, like Mel Brooks, I think this holds up way better than a lot of Mel Brooks stuff. But maybe that's just because I never actually, I never had a huge interest with Mel Brooks. Like I watched a bunch of them, but I was like, I don't know if I, I actually dig this stuff. Maybe I was too young or too old or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, yeah, Young Frankenstein, producers, Blazing Saddles. I there's some there's some very good moments, but yeah. for the most part, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's how I, I feel. I, like I mean, I fucking love Mongo. <laughs> Mongo. Mongo. Like a like a head like a drive-in or Mongo from Blazing Saddles punches the horse. Come on. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, there's something about Mary. I, I where he's like, like oh, we got this shit. one kid, Mongo. <laughs> No, no. Had like a drive-in. No, it's like, oh shit, it's Mongo. Whatever the fuck the build-up to it is. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's moments. There's moments, but. Yeah, I I agree with you on the Mel Brooks front there. So I I do think it actually holds up pretty well. And there were were a few things that I actually thought were really well done. Um, So I liked the scene when they're on the boat all playing their uh, instruments because it's like, well, they're very 
it's like very clearly they're like well-trained music musicians on top of being actors and comedians uh like the piano scene where he like flicks his fingers up every time he plays a key i was like that i think that actually takes like incredible dexterity so i thought that i think it's chico I was like, that's super well done. Uh, like, that's that's just showmanship, Jarrett. Showmanship. <laughs> uh, so I liked the scene on the boat with them doing that. The finale is pretty great. Uh, a lot of it, like with Harpo just running around, like going his his physical comedy in that scene, I think is pretty pretty great. Uh, the one that I actually liked a lot, where um, like he was probably on a harness. Well, I mean, not probably, but like he was on a harness or something where he runs up oh, the yeah. curtain. It's amazing. Uh, it's it's awesome. Like it looks it honestly, it looks great. It, still it, it now. looks like a man running up a curtain because you're like, like, oh, he's trapped. Yeah. And he's like, ah, uh, well, you know, he's just going to run up. And now you're like, OK, because you could not possibly have like imagined mm-hmm. that's where it was going to go. But it's like, yeah, we just did that. And it's live action. It's not a cartoon. And yeah. it's like and it adds to the like I said, it never breaks its own reality. It just kind of builds yeah. like everything is like that. It's like the gags in this are pretty amazing like the guys they were working with when they were uh drafting this up and there it wasn't just like these like men like these these brothers figuring out all these gimmicks like they were being given ideas by like professional like comedy writers and like they started over in scraps there's like this one uh how does it go uh quote in an interview with richard j annabelle in the marx brothers scrapbook groucho said he was so appalled by an early draft of the script which was apparently written by bert calmer and harry ruby that he shouted why fuck around with second-rate talent get kaufman and reiskin to write the screenplay um there's like the one bit about the states room saying this scene was written primarily by legendary gag man Al Bosberg, famously eccentric. Bosberg typed up the finished scene, then shredded the pages into thin strip pieces and tacked them to his ceiling. It took it took Irving Thalberg and his brothers hours to cut and paste the scene back together. <laughs> like, okay. I, like, why? But why? Like, what? I don't know why, Jer. Yeah. It's a good question, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But yeah, there is like yeah, there is writers to these things, and I mean, I think they're they're they are doing their own stuff that they've developed. Like the contract scene is like them working off of the they, they take these two characters of like this this imbecile and this smartass, and like try to make them like come together at all times, and they're always vying for like they're battling out whose reality wins, and then they eventually settle on this like like the, the most absurd level possible. I think that. That's actually kind of what I was thinking too, because like, um, I, uh, so when I saw the curtain thing, what it actually kind of reminded me of was like Looney Tunes where, and it's like that kind of absurdist stuff. And that's why I actually, like, I know you, you like this stuff too. So I was like, I kind of get where these things kind of mash together. Like the Looney Tunes with elements of, uh, Marx Brothers stuff and like all those other things you're interested in, like those, um, those things that are illegal in a lot of places, like they all kind of overlap with each other. Do you know what I mean, Jer? Oh yeah. I love my legalities. <laughs> so, uh, no, I actually, I did actually think about that a little bit when I was watching this. Cause I was like, Oh, it's kind of like Looney Tunes in this last, last little bit. And I think that's why Jared did it so much. Um, I didn't actually know what you thought about this movie. I didn't look into it. I just know you're an old man and you love that kind of, sh- mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, so I did like the little scene at the end there and my all time favorite line. Uh, so Andrea actually, she came down and she watched like, I don't know, like 20 minutes, like near the end with me. Uh, uh, just cause like I was watching it early this morning. So she wasn't up yet. And, uh, she came down and watched and 
it's one of the opera singers at the end and she's like her makeup is kind of ghoulish and she's kind of a thin frail lady and Groucho's up in the boxes kind of like yuck yucking with mm-hmm. uh, all the people <laughs> and uh, he goes Ima- imagine feeling the way she looks <laughs> and uh, even even Andrea kind of like like she she was like that's really funny I was like that is really funny and she was like when was this movie made like late 40s and I was like 35 actually she's like that's a pretty sick joke for 35 I was like I agree imagine feeling the way she looks it was like whoa it's a sick burn Jarrett a sick sick burn uh so yeah no I actually I think it's pretty good like uh, it's like I said there are um some jokes I thought were really funny, like that one. That was actually super funny. And uh, there were some things that I was like, hmm, not totally landing with me. But uh, I do think on a whole, it holds up a lot better than uh, some of the Mel Brooks, uh, Monty Python stuff. Uh, so how about, how, how about that WC Fields? The bank dick? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the bank dick was not bad, but uh, the shorts... I don't know, man. No, they, some... those aren't good. <laughs> you know what I never brought up? I forgot. Uh, you know who talks about W.C. Fields all the time? Tony Soprano. <laughs> all When I was watching Sopranos, he, he brings up like bank dick and like uh, a lot of W.C. Fields like talks. And I never knew what it was the first time I watched Sopranos like years ago. That, that sounds like a screenwriter talking for Tony Soprano. Well, that's what I thought. I was like, there's no way Tony Soprano's into uh, bank dick, but... He does like so, there's a lot of scenes where it's like whenever he goes home and he's just eating ice cream, he's watching like black and white like yeah. either westerns or comedy. So oh, then he, I, was, I mean, in that case, I mean, he's he's a big fieldsman. Yeah, but he would be like every other asshole on Letterboxd. He'd be like, I like westerns, Japanese films, and uh, black and white comedies, and anime, and anime. <laughs> what do you think Tony Soprano's favorite anime is? <laughs> uh, Ninja Scroll, of course. Oh, good call. Good call. Oh. Yeah. Hundred percent. He borrowed. He borrowed it from Christopher. Chris, Chris is like, "Hey, Tone, I got this movie. I think you might like it." Tone, what the fuck is that shit? He's like, "What was up with all the rape?" He, he, well, he's he like, "That's he goes, oh. uh, that's sick." Oh, that's sick. You and got then, a sick mind. And then they start bootlegging it, selling it all across America. That uh, it would be paired up with uh, Cleaver, his uh, horror film. What do you think about this exchange, though, between the characters? Okay. Otis B. Driftwood. Do you know America is waiting to hear him sing? Fiorello. Well, he can sing loud, but he can't sing that loud. Uh, I I did notice that one, and I thought it was pretty funny. That's, 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 that's Chico that's, for that's, you. That's Chico. Chico, he sees he sees it. He sees the line, and uh, I don't know. I, I can't believe uh, how good his that character in his fucking hat, that little, <laughs> that little like, weird little pointy peasant hat or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's absurd, but it's like, it's so iconic because he always has it. Yep. It's good. That's a good one. He's a good little grifter. Nice. What, what other uh, hotlines you got there? I don't know. Sometimes when you read through them, you're like, oh, that's not even one of my favorites. But yeah, there, here's the bit where uh, where it's a... Uh, Groucho has uh, inadvertently knocked out Las Perry, and then uh, Farrell comes across him. Uh, where was that? Dun, 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 dun. It's something about like what happened to him. <laughs> it's like he, he goes, uh, he pulled a knife. Uh, he pulled a knife, so I shot. He got him into an argument. Like yeah, yeah. And they, they just say that, and he's like, "Huh?" And then he just like also puts his foot on him. <laughs> they just like they're they're fine with this. Yeah, there's a there's yeah. a lot of stuff like that. 
um, there's a scene where there's multiple people getting hit on the head with frying pans. And Andrew was like, that was really the thing back then, eh? I was like, I guess. I don't, I don't know. What else, what else were you going to say? Oh, that's it. Yeah. No, that, that was a good one. Um, I also like to talk about duplicates in Canada. Oh, yes. It made yes. me think of like a potential David Cronenberg movie called Duplicates, where it's like, Maybe Cronenberg's son, because he did, he did that one antiviral movie or whatever. And, and he's he could, got a new one too. He does. Yeah, I I've never even seen antiviral. I, I, oh yeah, you're not you're you wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like antiviral. Is it too gross? Yeah, it's got that kid. Oh yeah, Possessor. That's the new uh, Brandon Cronenberg movie. Brandon Assa- Assassination of the Mind. Uh, so what what's gonna happen in this Possessor? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if uh, it'll have any Marx Brothers references though. Well, it's because he's not eighty-five. I'm guessing. <laughs> oh, he could be. Right. Right. Huh? You, what you never uh, you never like went to like Smitty's restaurant dressed in like a cardigan and an old man hat and have like you know a little uh, breakfast special. With, I know have you hundred percent did. Maybe uh so. maybe order off the senior menu. Get uh some liver and onions. What do you, uh, what's your go to at, uh, say a Denny's or a Humpty's or a Smitty's? Usually some sort of like omelet sandwich. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is it an omelet or is it a sandwich? It's both. Can you believe it? I've, I've never seen such a thing on a menu. So it's like a folded up omelet just in some bread or what? Yeah. Okay. It's, and it's almost as good as this movie. One time I uh, I was at Humpty's and I got these like sausages and something and I had the worst food poisoning in my entire life and my brother got it too. It was horrendous, Jared. <laughs> horrendous for like two days. Uh, was, it so, the, uh, was it the drizzling shits? <laughs> that's Hey, that's the thing you said earlier. That's what it was. Uh, see, that's how you don't do comedy. What, drizzling shits or... You want to hear about who hates this? Sure, <laughs> hates sure. This why movie? not? Why not? Uh, half a star by Faye Drellantine. Okay. Com- comedy fucking sucks. Couldn't finish it. Uh oh, weird. What a weird person. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a funny review. Uh, all their favorite films are the Resident Evil movies. Which at a glance, it's like, okay, well, whatever. But when I went to their five-star films, they have stuff like Shanghai Express, In a Lonely Place with Bogart, Akiru, uh, My Darling Clementine. So like Picnic at a Hanging Rock, five stars. What the fuck? So very clearly a criterion person. Their only half-star films are A Night at the Opera and Inception. So that's bizarre i don't know what's going on with this person all oh, right here's uh here's another half star from greg bender okay what i liked what i disliked no i didn't forget to put anything in the what i liked section there simply okay. was nothing in this movie i cared for i was excited going in knowing i would finally get to see a marx brothers movie after knowing for a long time that they ruled the big screen in their day as the kings of comedy not only okay. were they not funny, but I was so disinterested that I spaced out at times. Wow. As I've mentioned huh. in other reviews, there is definitely a disconnect between what was once funny and what is now funny. Grade 0. 0.5 out of 5. Poor. Rationale. 
probably the worst movie I've seen to date since none of the others were so bad that I stopped paying attention. Um, I don't want to say Greg Bender is a basic B, but favorite films include Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, The Dark Knight, and The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. <laughs> Whoa! Which is bizarre. Um, I, I think it's like, that sounds like the wrong movie. Yeah, uh, so this person is an avid movie lover with a movie ticket stub collection dating back to Titanic, 1998. Wow. wow. Uh, some There's some weird stuff here, man. So, like, the five-star <laughs> films are kind of like, it's kind of what you'd expect, I guess. So it's all Christopher Nolan stuff. And then Creed, Whiplash, and, like, Star Wars. So you're like, okay, I kind of get what you're saying. Here's some half-star films, Jarrett. A Night at the Opera, Andre Rublev, Tree of Life, Metropolis, and The Passion of Joan of Arc, the undisputed favorite film of both of ours in the first 100 of the Criterion films. So I don't know what Greg's deal is, man. Huh. Very bizarre. They gave Tokyo Story one star, okay. Annie Hall one star, okay. Seventh Seal one star, Manhattan no, right. and Blue Velvet one star, okay. uh, Princess Mononoke one star, Do the Right Thing one star. Not good. Not not good. <laughs> not good. Huh. Uh, I don't know if there's much hope for Greg. I don't think so, dude. That's a... Uh... I mean, it's a pretty big disparity. Pretty big, pretty big. Uh, one more. There's a lot of negative, a lot of low scores. This is like got to be like the most negativity I've ever seen for like one of the movies we've talked about. It's really strange. Yeah. Uh, one star from Alex. Okay. One of these were Alex just writes the Marx Brothers are absolutely insufferable. Um, this person's favorite movie is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Huh. And in Bruges. Oh, they have a podcast called No Refunds Podcast. Uh, I'm not going to look into what that's about because, frankly, I don't care. Uh, a lot of Overwatch animes for five with five stars, whatever mm. that means. Uh, Layer Cake, five stars. What? Bla- Blazing Saddles, five stars. Look at that, Jer. Uh, half stars are mostly bad movie oh under the skin half a star whoa 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 under half a star to welcome to mooseport the <laughs> final movie from gene hackman what is going on here that's bizarre hey can i bring up a uh, half a star or one star review for yes. you so i just saw this it's, it's episode stuck- 200 it's episode 200 why not this name stuck out to me because this is actually a person who follows me from Calgary, Alberta, uh, a person named Wood. He oh, said, Wood. one star, not sure what I was expecting. I'm not much of a Marx Brothers fan, and I sure as shit hate opera. Even the vaudeville joke, a second act couldn't keep me on board for this one. So uh, this person still follows me. Uh, they have a movie podcast called Movie Epidemic. Uh, favorite films include Color Out of Space. Face Off, Con Air, and Mandy, so they're doing something. 606 five-star reviews, Jarrett. Or five-star films. Um, <laughs> Tough. Tough. Cool. Yep. 
Yeah, I just thought I would. Uh, <laughs> it's not not very often you see someone from uh, close to Creepsville, so I thought I'd bring that up for you, but outstanding. Yep. Any other thoughts? Uh, no. I thought it was good. I don't have a sentimental attachment to it, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought it was good. Would, I liked you, it more you, than would, I thought. Would you watch more Marx Brothers films? Yeah, I would. I would. Nice. That's a win. Yep. That's a that's a W. I don't know if I would uh, ever rewatch Mel uh, Mel Brooks movies. Probably. Well, you're going and to. I, ha- you will be. Yeah, that, and that, like that, those I, are that, at least producers you'll be watching one of these days. Yeah. And I mean, Monty Python's okay. It's just not my favorite. Yeah. What is your favorite? Have you ever heard of Adam Sandler, Jared? I'm aware of his work. You ever seen Basketball? No, that's not Adam Sandler. You ever seen Dirty Work, directed by Bob Saget? I have. That's my favorite. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yep. After the break, I drop a heavy object on RJ's head, and we all laugh, but his brain doesn't. It's a hate crime, buddy. Do you have a favorite Marx brother? Um, Poopy? You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell uh-huh. us what you think of Poopy Marx. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We've got YouTube. We've got Patreon. Yep. Yep. We've got SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Only fans. Only fans. RJ's going to start blogging about Star Trek Next Generation. Busting out those star ratings. Yep. And next week, we're back on track with episode 201. Watching Spine 230, Robert Altman's Three Women from 1977. It sounds super boring. And uh, I feel like I should have said Karl Marx when you asked. Yeah, fucked up again. But I think Poopy is pretty good also, I guess. Uh, I mean, you get your comedy chops from the best, you know? 
You ever seen Dirty Work? Directed by Bob Saget. Starring Adam Sandler. He's in that movie. And Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang. Yeah. And Chevy Chase, you're one of your other friends. He's not my friend. What about Don Rickles? What are we doing next week? Back into hell. Okay. Event Horizon, I guess. Good night. Uh. Woo. Poopy. Il Vampiro del Pianeta Rosso. It's about damn time somebody says Michelangelo Antonioni correctly on this show. <laughs> Just kidding, bro. Creep real dudes. <laughs> Whoa.